Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Temporarily, but uh, well, that's not going to last for long. I made a deal with the Lord. I said, "Look, I'll do such and such, and uh, I'll forfeit this and that and the other if you can bring things to pass as you have promised a little quicker." I said, "I'm getting, I'm getting tired of of putting up with the family and this nonsense that goes on at this one church." And I said, "It's holding back the kingdom of God. It's holding back the gospel of Christ, and it's holding back the salvation and the rescue of Jews all across this country." And uh, in Israel, but uh, you know, I'm watching to see if the Lord will 
come through on it. If he doesn't, we'll just wait. <laughs> well, you know, Brother Al, I, I think uh, we could all identify with that a little bit tonight. Uh, I took an hour nap this uh, this evening. I burned mm-hmm. the midnight oil last night and then got up super early. And <laughs> towards the afternoon, I said, you know what, I need to just close my eyes for an hour. Right. So I took a brief nap. I jumped up uh, to get prepared, and uh, I went over to my Facebook page, and to my horror, someone had hacked into it, <laughs> and it was a neo-Nazi, and posted <laughs> some of the most foul pictures I've ever seen. Well, did you get them? Uh, did you get them? Did you get them cleaned up? Well, I only thank God that I caught it about 20 minutes after he had he had uh, broken in there and uh, got it cleaned up. But you know what? Uh, there is anti-Semitism going around across this globe, brother. Let me tell you, let us pray first, and I'll tell you what happened. Amen. That's what I was going to have you do. Uh, right. Bind up these foul spirits trying That's to check right. us. Father, tonight. we just come to you in the name of Jesus, the only begotten Son of the living God. Yes, Father God. We ask you, Lord, to come against these evil, foul spirits. Lord, I pray for their souls if they're human beings. If these foul spirits of hell, I rebuke you and command you to get out of the way in the name of Jesus. Let your hands off of the things that we're doing, and let your hands off of this program and off the website. In the name of Jesus, Father, bless this program tonight. Open the eyes of those who are newcomers, spiritual ears and eyes, Father, for all save the elect, the very elect, O God, save our Jewish friends, as many as you can in this coming Holocaust. Restore your word to the church. Restore your hymn book to the church. And, Father, we just ask it in the name of Jesus. Bless the producer in the program and all of us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. I'll tell you what happened, uh, I got a email from a guy, and I'd been on his show many years ago, and I've since found out, you know, I, I tell you what, brother, I have probably forgotten more stuff than a lot of people know, all right, about the New World Order. I've got a, a lecture that goes about 17 hours, and even if on the night of the, the third night when the lecture is almost over at midnight, the folks will all still be sitting there, and I'll be so zonked that I can't operate anymore. I said, I tell you, i got to stop talking. All I can do now is answer questions, individual questions, because I can't go any further. Well, yeah, I forget some things. And uh, this guy, I, I got this email, and he was, could come on my show. And uh, Yes. So I said, okay. And then I started to dial, and something checked me. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy, if I recall, is anti-Semitic to the ears, yep, to the ears, you know. And so I, I let the thing ring one time, and I hung up. Well, I was dozing off about 9.30 or so, and the phone rang. And I heard the wife pick it up, and I said, hello. And he says, yeah, this is so-and-so. I says, yep. I said, "Do you are you booking shows? Yeah. And I said, wait a minute, are you pro-Israel or anti-Israel? Well, the Palestinians are being mistreated. Oh, my goodness. And I said, well, good night, sir. Who are you? And then I thought, I kept thinking, he said, who do you think you are? But what he said was, and I was, who are you? And I hung up. Well, I had everything turned off, but I saw the phone flashing, and I heard the recorder. Who are you? And Well, you don't call up. And just the fact that I had asked him and hung up on him about Israel, right? Or I said goodbye to him. I didn't hang up. I just said goodbye, sir. And uh, I don't put up with anti-Semitism. And this guy, don't call me no more. And well, by the way, F blank blank Y O U, right? Scream right in. There you go. And he didn't even know who he was talking to. 
Wow. He didn't know who he was talking to because he saw my my caller ID when I called. Doesn't show my name. And he didn't know who it was, and he forgot he'd sent, he'd probably sent out several email requests to people, you know, and he'd plumb forgotten, and whatever it was, he'd missed it. And, uh, boy, he cursed me on the phone. And I want to tell you, did I tell you what happened that time in Israel when that happened? No, sure. What happened? Well, let me tell you. The Lord promised me protection in Israel. And he promised me protection long before that, but he promised my buddy Bob told me, he said, they're going to try to kidnap you, and we've gone through this, I believe, on the kidnap thing. If you want to go through it, I'll tell you again. But, yes, give us some details, Ethel. Well, let me, get, let, me, let, me, let me go with this first. And I knew the Lord had been protecting me for years and years and years. He promised to many prophets of God and told me he'd give my life for a prey. And if he hadn't told me those things, I certainly wouldn't be on the radio tonight, you know, on the phone tonight. But... And I'm not the least bit scared of them. Uh, we were praying one night in a prayer meeting, and we'd been worried about the choppers. They were supposed to come on the 2nd of June, and they came on the 2nd of June, but it turned out to be the Army instead of the ones we were expecting. The Lord changed some things. But that night, about two nights before that, we were in a prayer meeting, and the Holy Spirit said, Yea, I say unto thee, I am in thy presence this night. Fear not, for I shall prepare a table for thee in the presence of thine enemies. Again, I say, fear not. Sound the alarm, sound the trumpet, you know. And so I went to sleep that night. I have slept every night perfectly ever since. That's been nice since 1993. But anyhow, I had had a sister ask me if I'd get her a prayer shawl. Well, I don't think much of prayer shawls because I don't need a prayer shawl. The Bible says if a man prays with his head uncovered, he covered, he dishonoreth his head. Okay? So... You can have a prayer shawl around your shoulders if you want, but it doesn't affect your prayers any because my great-uncle was translated five miles. He started seven Pentecostal churches. He was raised on the King James Bible, never went to Bible school, thank the Lord. And he was moved by the Holy Spirit, picked up once three feet on his first sermon, and picked up one night when a bear was after him, picked him up five miles. And he didn't know anything about prayer shawls, okay, in 1926. So he was doing something right back then, and I know what it is and what it was. But anyhow, I called this gal, was talking to her from the Christian embassy. She used to work there, and I said, Dick, i got to find a, a cheap prayer shawl. Oh, I know where one is. I'll show you where to get them. So she came over and met me at the Jaffa Gate. We walked down the street, and we came to this shop down in the Arab Quarter. Right. Wasn't very far down uh, David Street, wherever it is there. And... uh there's this guy, and I went in and was looking, and then he said, the prayer shawl. I, he said, I said, well, that's too much. I've only got X amount of dollars. I think it was 20 bucks. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I saw some things. I saw something there from my wife. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you X amount of dollars for this and the prayer shawl. Okay. And I got him down, and then about that time, my friend said, no, that's too much. And he hollered the F word Y-O-U at me. Wow. Just as vicious as he could. That guy was possessed, best I could tell. But. A lot of demon-possessed people. Immediately. Brother Al. Well, the word demon is the wrong word, but we'll let you get away with it. It's evil spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, foul spirits. A lot of foul spirits. spirits. Anyhow, right the moment he said it, I felt something brushed by my shoulder. It was too I'm not sure it was not two angels, okay, but it was two Israeli policemen, and they were six feet, both of them. They were above me. And they one came around one side, and one came around the other side and got a hold of that guy and started screaming at him. 
and I just did an about-face military a forward march, right flank, and up the street I went. <laughs> and I could hear him shouting, at, hear them two guys shouting at that guy for a block away. Man, and I never realized they were behind me. I had a pair of marine marine pattern desert camel pants on. I had my leather flight jacket and my baseball hat with the Vietnam vet on it. And those guys were standing back there. I guess they were watching my uniform and saw me come up. I don't know who they may, but may, may have been angels. They came around me and got that guy, and, man, I just hot-footed it out of there. <laughs> but I never realized. I knew the Lord had protected me, but the guy cursed me, and they were there. Bingo, there they were, right there. I mean, it was so fast. I, I saw a blue blur going by me. I saw the patch. I saw the patch on the shoulder, and I knew who they were. And uh, they went by me and got a hold of they, they They started screaming at that guy. And uh, I don't know what they were saying. I just got out of there. But he had, Bob had warned me, he says, they're going to try to kidnap you on this trip. But you needn't worry because, you know, they're going to, the Lord will take care of you. I said, yeah, well, I know the Lord's going to take care of me, but I will be watching. Well, I had several things happen over about three trips, even on the one we were over there. There was two guys after, after you left. There were two guys in that lobby, strange-looking guys who didn't belong there, and they were watching me. But anyhow. Wow. Uh, that was the third trip in a row that happened, and uh, you know that's. Uh, let me break in there. That's interesting. You said that, Brother Al, because um, folks, Brother Al and I and my brother had went to uh, Israel together back in uh, 2006. Was it, Brother Al? Yes, it was. And I was planning to go over there for two weeks, and I got over there and we cut our uh, trip short and went back after a week. You know, I, I didn't feel good in my spirit for some reason. I'll tell you and why. We were, but go ahead. We were getting ready to head over into um, Jordan, Arab-controlled Jordan, and make right. our way to Petra. Right. And I you know, God to knew go. all about it. Well, this is what happened on that deal. Uh, I had planned to go. I said, well, Lord, I got an Israeli visa pass and stuck uh, entrance pass stamped and certified by the Speaker of the Knesset in my passport. It's stuck in there, and he can't get it out. That's right. And I was going to go over there, and I said, well, Lord, you'll have to protect me. Uh, I'm going to go. Well, brother, brother, our, our producer here decided that he was trying to. Um, he wanted he wanted his brother to be able to extend about a week, and his brother couldn't get a ticket to extend a week, so he dropped back and found a ticket where he could go home with his brother. And so he left me with a wad of money to buy my buy my food and stuff and my taxi fare, and the hotel was paid for. Praise the Lord! And he went home, and so we didn't go to Jordan. Obviously, there was a reason we weren't supposed to go, so brother. So, anyhow, well, that, on that trip, on the 2007 trip in April, the last day of the trip, we went into the the trip was over, and we had two days to wait, and we went into the St. Andrew's Guest House. It's there just uh, south southwest of the of the uh, Jaffa Gate. And it's run by a bunch of uh, Israeli Arabs. And I went to my room about 9.30. I had a German kid with me named Steve, and he was about 30 years old. And I went to bed about 9.30. I, I was, I've been pounding Jerusalem stone for since uh, 7 in the morning, you know. And I usually pray between 3 and 4. And so the tour guide likes to keep us busy because she doesn't want anybody to get in trouble. And she uh, gets us up at 6 and... <laughs> Wake, wake up call at six on the telephone, you know, room service, and then um, 
keeps you tied up till 10 o'clock at night. Well, i got to get up and pray for an hour. And that means I'm only getting 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, minus I'm only getting 7 hours of sleep at the very most. And if you're pounding the rest of the day on, you know, round, round the country walking, that's not enough sleep. So, anyhow. Now, there's a lot of walking over there. <laughs> right. That's right. I went to you bed be well rested when you do that. Went to bed at 9.30, and I didn't hear Steve come in. I was sound asleep. I didn't hear him come in. And at 3 o'clock, I got up to pray, and I started to pray, and I'm praying, and all of a sudden, clickety, clickety, clickety in the lock. Uh-oh. Whoa. And it was a terrible thunderstorm. I'd never seen a terrible thunderstorm like this before. And I said, man, somebody's trying to get in. So I got my, I got a, I got a leather man I always carry, and I carry a... Um, a mini mag flashlight. I got my mini mag flashlight. I got over looking for the key, and there it was on the table. I walked over to the door, which is only eight feet from my head. I stuck the key in the lock and turned it one quarter turn so the guy couldn't get his key in the other side. That's how it works on on those kind of locks in Europe, and uh, I don't know how they works. Uh, I'm not. I think it works the same way in America, but that's how you do it over there. So I went back to bed. I said, "Lord, I don't, uh, I don't have Betsy with me here in Israel. So, uh, <laughs> good old Betsy, right? And uh, she's not on my hip. So, uh, um, that's between you and the angel of the Lord. That's all I can say. So I went back to sleep. <laughs> well, I woke up in the morning and I said, "Hey, Steve. Yeah. Somebody tried to get in here last night. He's a German kid. Yeah, I heard him trying to get in. You heard him? Yeah, I heard him." About 3 o'clock in the morning, I heard him come trying to get in the door. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you lock it? Yeah, I locked it. Sure, I locked it. I said, okay. So I went over to the door, and I grabbed the handle. Now, doors, Americans, uh, us GIs years ago used to call America the land of the round doorknobs, okay? Because we always had round doorknobs. Overseas, they don't have round doorknobs. Never. they got handles, you know. Really? Yeah, they got a handle that comes down like a, you know, like a... Sure like an old-fashioned car handle back in the 30s or early 40s, right? Right. And uh, I pulled that handle down. That door was wide open. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't locked. It was not locked. That guy had got it unlocked and had got it unlocked and tried to get in, and that angel had his foot against that door. Because <laughs> that, that door was open wide open from 3 o'clock until 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Man. So that happened, folks, and that the Lord can give you protection, and i got a job to do, and so is the producer here. And so the Lord's going to protect us, and we're going to do the job we got to do. So, Amen. I've got a scripture I want to read, brother. Read it. Let me, let me look at this because it pertains to what I'm going to tell you. Isaiah, and it's in uh, 1412. Let me get my sword out here. Fallen, how, art thou fall, how art thou fallen from heaven to loose first, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Amen. Now, He's going to hell. That's for, he said, for sure. He said, I will be like, shall be like God. Okay? Satan wants to be like God. And 
he is the Princeton power of the air, and as 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 we get more perverted Bibles in this in this universe in this on this in this country, and we sing more garbage songs and throw out more of the hymn books, and the gospel of Christ loses its its power, then Satan has more power each day that that happens. It's he has, it's, it's 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 exponentially. Uh, what's the word? Uh, inverse proportionally. When the power of God descends. The power of Satan will increase. Well, the power of God's going to going to prevail. Oh, yeah, it's going to it's going to prevail. All right. In the end, it will prevail because he said Amen. so. God is God, and he'll never let a situation get to the point where he can't fix it. That's right. He will never ever let a situation in your life get to the point where you can't where he cannot fix it. If he does, he's not God. Okay. Being omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, he can do these things and overcome the forces of evil because his word says so. Now, God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Satan wants to be like God. And in this present world we're in, I want to show you how he's doing it. Okay? Now, you recall that he spoke unto Moses, Take off thy shoes, for the ground there where I stand is holy ground. That's right. Well, he also said that to one of the others. It may have been Gideon, or uh, may, it may have been Gideon, or Joshua. I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the uh, one of those two. And I have to look it up. He said that also. Remove your shoes, cause it's holy ground. Well, we got a guy. We we know there's a scenario coming out there. Every time you turn around, there's a scenario to change our lives and to and to enslave us. That's what they call Hegelian dialectic, which is. Uh, thesis, thesis, synthesis, and antithesis. I think the three. And it is, if you want to change human human nature or human actions or the scenario, you come up, you cause a problem, you 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 bring the answer, you bring up the you you bring forth a solution to the problem, and you execute the solution. You you do all three of them. And when you control the government, you can do that. Well, what they've done. We had a guy called Richard Reed that they they dragged into the scenario. He was some doofus. You could tell by looking at him. He was framed, completely framed. Whether it happened or not, we don't know. We know that what, we're, what I'm going to tell you is what we heard on the television in the news. Okay? So Richard Reed supposedly had explosives in his shoe, in his shoe sole. So he was going to blow up a plane, they told us. Well, very good, Richard. I'll tell you what you do, Bubba. I'll tell you how to do it. The Al Cuppet way, if you want to go do that, I'll tell you how to do it. And you won't, won't call, you won't, you won't, you won't have a problem. You go in the bathroom and do it. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, he didn't do that. He didn't go in the bathroom where nobody would bother him and light his shoe. You imagine it lighting his shoe, right? Folks, this, these people will try to make the American people believe anything. So he's, so he's in the, he sticks his foot out of the aisle and he's lighting his shoe and somebody decides he's going to grab him. Now if he'd have lit it in the in the bathroom and blew it up, if it was if this thing whole, if this whole scenario was real or realistic, he'd have blown the side of the plane out and the plane would have crashed. But that wouldn't have given us a story. You see? That's right. Wouldn't be a terror story. It would be a crashed plane in the Atlantic and that would be the end of it. You never find anything but some floatsome or jetsam floating on the water. But no, he got caught. But they got a terror story. And out of that terror story, they made us take our shoes off. 
at the TSA checkpoint. So Satan has now got the freest people in the world taking their shoes off and bowing down to him. Bowing down, he's making the freedom-loving people of America actually bow down to his will. That's what they've done. Now, you might not have thought, thought or seen that before I told you, but that's what they're doing. Okay. Then they had another one called the liquid bomb. They found they supposedly found some guy with some liquids. So now you can only take an ounce of this and an ounce of that and they're in a plastic bag so they can see it. And you can't even take a bottle of water on the plane to drink, you know? Now, what's going on here? Well, I heard I read an article written by a PhD in chemistry said there's no possible way that that bomb that they're talking about could be mixed in a bathroom with chemicals you could take on the plane. Impossible. He wrote that and said that's absolute nonsense. But they'll try to make us believe anything. But here we are now. We're having to bow down once again. We're being inconvenienced. Can't take shaving lotion too much. You can't take toothpaste too much toothpaste, right? Nothing. We're once again the free people of this country are being forced to bow down, in effect. Now, the next one is the underwear bomber, okay? Now, Satan, let us stop here a second. He wants to be omnipotent. He cannot be omnipotent, but he can be powerful, especially if he takes away the spiritual power of the church, which is the authorized version, the power of the church becomes diminished completely. By, the more the word is perverted, the more power is lost by the Holy Spirit in the church. Now get that right. If you don't believe me, you better get it right, you folks Amen. out there listening. So, the power is diminished. And let me get my chain of thought That's his back plan, here. at least. He wants to uh, corrupt and pervert the Bible because he knows right. there's power in the word of God. That's right. Well, he's tried to dilute it. Right. Go ahead. Okay. So, if he can take away the spiritual power, which he has done, and then take away the weapons, he has become almost omnipotent, okay? He can be omnipotent over your life if he sends foreign troops into the country. He can certainly be, uh, over your life, all-powerful over your life if he takes away the weapons and the Bibles. That's where the power comes from. I've said that on my videos. I've said it on all the videos that uh, Davis Motion Pictures produced. So, if he takes away the weapons, he can be almost omnipotent, all right? Now, if he wants to be omniscient, he cannot be omniscient, but with modern technology, he can learn more and more and more. He's a very smart fellow. Him and his satanic hordes are smart. They are smarter than you and I. They are. They know what the Word says, and they're smarter than you and I. Now, they're dumb in some ways, but uh, they are smart, and they are intelligent beings. Lucifer is a very intelligent being. And uh, so... Let me throw now, something in there, Brother Al, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, before you move on. And let me uh, say something about Lucifer, folks. Uh, he's one of the most ugly, wicked creatures that exists and walks across the globe. He no longer has the beauty that he did. He lost that when he fell. That was one of the, uh, the prices he had to pay. And uh, he will disguise himself as an angel of light. That's right. But he That's can't right. stay that way for very long, and no, then he no, goes he back and... Right, he, right. He is ugly and wicked, and I just want to uh, right. let the demons know that uh, they're well, tuning in tonight. Who they serve? Go ahead. Anyhow, Rob. here's the other issue: is he cannot be 
<clears throat> omnipresent either. That's right. But but with modern technology, he can be very omniscient, very very knowing, and he can be very much omnipresent if he's got enough surveillance equipment and listening equipment. He can uh, try to um, emulate being omnipresent by seeing everything you're doing. And that's what all these surveillance cameras are for. That's what all these tap, the, the carnivore and echelon listening to listening systems. That BCS 1000. That's right. Right. And so he can, he can, and that's what he's doing. So now we have the underwear bomber. Okay. This guy, whoever he was, if he really existed, it doesn't make any difference. You you heard it on TV, so you you would you would bet money on it that it exists, because that's everything's on TV is the truth. That's what my wife. Says. Oh sure, brother Al, that's right. My wife says, "Do you read it in the paper?" I says, "I said I'm sorry, dear, but the paper is not the repository of all truth. Far from it. Well, what's going on here is <clears throat> the underwear bomber could have gone in the bathroom too." And, of course, my, my advice to him to be, if he wanted to pull it off, go in the bathroom, lock the door, blow his underwear up, blow the side of the airplane out, and that'd be the end of it, right? Well, the plane would have probably gone down in Lake Michigan, or one of those, and, and they wouldn't have a story. No story, once again. No story. So he's hiding under a blanket. What are you doing under there? I'm trying to blow my underwear up. You know, <laughs> come on, folks. What? Listen to this nonsense. The devil and this bunch of New World Order geeks want you to believe any they they try to they, they they try to see how stupid Americans will are and how dumb they are and how much they will believe. Well, he didn't do that. He got caught. Supposedly the the, the uh like C four will, will burn. You you can make fire with it and cook your you can you can cook your sea ration. You you can cook a can of uh beans with it. You can set it on fire and it'll burn. But it'll also explode if, if you have a detonator. We had it in Vietnam. We used to Take a little piece of it, about as big as a bubble piece of bubble gum, uh, bubble gum ball, and we put a detonator in it from a Claymore mine, and back off, and, and then put some cheese and meat on top of it. And here come the rats, right? When the rats came, they blew the rats up. You know, it was fun. So, uh, but he now, now based on the underwear bomber, uh oh, we gotta have X-ray scanners. Okay, now remember. Remember, the Nazis stripped the Jews naked at those concentration camps just before they burned, gassed them, and burned them, okay? And what they're doing now is they are actually stripping you naked in front of an x-ray machine, just like the Nazis did. And we are being forced to parade naked, okay? Literally, almost literally, near literally naked in front of a camera, in front of whatever. That's what has happened, and Your other option is uh, you let a homosexual, okay, or a lesbian, get in there and, and fill yep. you up. And right. that's who they're staffing with the TSA. Half of them and are and they, homosexuals it, and lesbians. Go ahead, well, Bill. what they're doing is they're going to do that, and they should be foreigners pretty soon. One guy said, you know, you're groping me. No, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. I'd have you arrested anywhere else. I would have you arrested anywhere else. That's right. But since you're the government, you're not groping. <laughs> Anyhow. This is what Brother Bob said. My precious brother in the trenches and on the front lines, we'll continue to bring you and your family before the throne of mercy. Your email reminded me of John Wesley's family condition situation. That is, when our brother in Christ, John Wesley, 
by the way, my, by the way, my father's middle name was Wesley, okay, named after John Wesley, would be on his knees in prayer. His wife would become so angry and irate, she would grab him by the hair, handful of hair, and dragging him about, letting him know just what she thought about him and his prayer life and his ministry that the, the God the Father had called him to. Nevertheless, he continued in the... In, he continued in the face of such family opposition that there would have been every reason for him to simply walk out of the whole deal and condition and take up a trade, leaving his belligerent wife to show what she really was, a witch in the house of a godly man. Keep the faith, brother. Remember, you were made to make a difference. Now, we'll talk sometime in the future about what the Father showed earlier today on the 16th of November. One, synopsis. The present textbook continuation of this present administration followed following precisely the path used by the Nazis to enslave the people of Germany bit by little bit. Now I just I just we just went through three of the things they're doing. They started at the airlines and they're going to run them to the bus lines too. But listen to this. Little by little until it was too late to change course and save the nation. Two. If this present virtual naked body search is allowed to stand, the next two steps will be A, a literal naked body searches, B, full body cavity searches, and not necessarily, not necessarily gender specific. Now, let me stop right here. I want to stop reading and put my finger on the place. He told me three years ago, he said, Al, they're going to have body cavity bombs. He said, what? He said, I saw these guys utilizing body cavity bombs and they're, they're, they 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 uh, their motto is a little bit goes a long way right so last fall a saudi prince got a call from a major terrorist in saudi and he said i want to turn myself in okay come on over so he goes in with a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and his cell phone he goes through the security goes through the scanning checks all out nothing you know they don't see anything right yes sir he goes in, and he's talking to the prince, and uh, evidently he got on the phone, and boom. And it, I saw it. It was on BBC. It wasn't on American TV. It never has never been on American TV. Not yet has it been on American TV. Now, they finally got Bill Clinton's uh, Go Coach Biscuit on TV, but I'll, if you want to talk about that, I'll tell you about it in a minute, but just remind me. But this guy blew himself up. I saw the blood splattered in the palace room. He didn't kill the prince, but he come close to it. And Bob had predicted three years before they'd have body cavity bombs, and it was never carried on American TV. Now, why didn't they carry it? Because they're planning on finding a... Uh, Bob said they're going to have body cavity searches, right? How yes. are they going to do that? The Lord showed them they're going to have body cavity searches. And how are they going to do that? Well, they're going to find, just like they found the shoe bomber, just like they found the underwear bomber, they're going to... Gee, we discovered a body cavity bomb. Well, everybody's going to have their body cavity searched. That's what they're planning, evidently. Now, God we have may, mercy. We may circumvent it by broadcasting this thing. I have seen things stop before by broadcasting it. Ahead Absolutely. Of time. But anyhow, Exposing them. here he says, he said they'll have full body cavity searches and that not necessarily gender specific. Why? To demonstrate, to, 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 I'm sorry, to demonize the general populace to the horrific and diabolical schemes that yet await to be revealed at or just the right time. This will lead directly to the trucks, vans, and appropriate land-based vehicles, trains, and sky transports, to the death camps and execution chambers. What the Father has shown me would shock most people, 
and create a climate of disbelief, this is not too far into the very shocking future. So that's what this fellow that I told you has told me what's going to happen, and he sold us here. He sent me this thing, and I sent it out to everybody on my email list. And so we're now facing facing that situation. And I just got an email from uh, a scientist in Israel. I know the fella. Uh, this is about the missile. Did we discuss that before on this program? I guess you uh, no, sure. In fact, we, I want you to go into the uh, what happened off the California coast. Okay. Well, the first time I saw this thing, I saw it go up. I saw it on Russian television. I happen to have a couple of channels that I can get. I don't know. One of these, one of these digital channels has a half-hour Russian TV, half-hour Israeli TV, wow. half-hour Al Jazeera. And I live out in the country, and it's just I happen to be watching, and I don't watch anything but the news. You need to stay out of that television set, and the only reason I watch the news is to see what kind of lies they're telling, because I'm able to discern what they're doing at this point. I've been in this thing now for 16 years, and I can discern what they're doing. I can Amen. tell you what they're doing. I'm showing you here about the body searches and the shoe bomber and all this other stuff, the underwear bomber, what they're doing. Let me insert one thing there, Brother Al. Yeah. And um, history has shown every time they take away one of our liberties, we typically don't get them back, do we? That's right. They just keep eroding them and eroding them. And people, they will use uh, a uh, contrived chaos, okay, a false yeah. flag operation. Right. Okay, and then... They'll say, right. you know, look, uh, it's necessary for your your own protection, your, your for you to have peace and safety. And mm-hmm. then what you do is you give up your rights until we're living it's in right. a uh, yeah a concentration. You're living, that's you're living in you're living in trying to hoard us into. You're living in a in a, in a Nazi regime from '33 to, to '44, okay, '45 until General Patton and General Hodges and and a few others came along. But anyhow, um, I saw this thing. I saw it on Russian TV, and I saw it go up, and I saw the booster burn winking at you as it turned down range and I saw a certain pattern to it I said that's an ICBM that is an yes. ICBM I have I mean I went folks I went to eight weeks at a school for this kind of stuff okay behind the door about eight inches thick at, the, at, at Norfolk years ago and I've watched these launches and so the bottom line is a four star general was on with Sean Hannity and he said it's an ICBM there were a guy named Lars Larson had a guy on who was a rocket propulsion engineer, and he said it's an ICBM. He said the first thing I saw was an ICBM, but he says then I hear all the hear all the conflicting stories, the obfuscation and the smoke and fog that's coming out right from the government and from wherever else. And I said, well, no, why don't you know? They start to be, even this guy. He said, but before I saw all that, I knew it was an ICBM, but then my 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 thought pattern started getting jiggled by the lies they were telling. Well, then this CNN had a guy on from MIT, and he said, it's an ICBM. He was a propulsion engineer, and he says, it's an ICBM. And I just, I mean, I can go into a lot more detail here, and I probably will, but this is what I got from Israel. Now, I know this fellow. His name's Samuel. I've been to his house. I've been to his house in Israel. He worked many, many years with DOD as an engineer on many secret projects, and he's gone on to Israel. Uh, And... uh, he didn't tell me he didn't tell me any of the projects he worked on, but he told me the area that he worked in. And uh, he said, "I wrote I wrote on the subject of that email. It was an ICBM." But he says, "But of course it was." 
The corkscrew contrail or smoke plume is classical of an ICBM which does rotate slowly on its axis at times depending on trajectory adjustments, okay? Exactly. Take a look at the video and you will see it. The Chinese are certainly the ones that did it. Every day that goes by, we see the enormity of the error of placing this guy in the White House. <laughs> you know, uh, Brother Al, they would, they would probably uh, want us to believe someone was burning trash down on the ground. Come well, on, people, I, wake I, up. I, I that was, a, one, that was an intercontinental ballistic right. missile. It was. And I can tell you this much, it wasn't, it was not. And i got a friend of mine who's really up in the know, but he won't confess which Bible's the right one, okay? Let me confess something right now, Brother Al. Mm-hmm. We've got people asleep at the wheel yep. in our American military, and the other half have, have been castrated right. by Bill Clinton and Bush after him, who took away yep. the missile keys and That's took right. the missiles off of our subs. Right. And now, uh, if it was not bad enough, Clinton saying we would absorb the first blow, I heard yep. Obama is, is taking the same stance that uh, we have to be hit first before we'll ever... Right. Right. Uh, defend ourselves. Respond before we respond. Right. Well, buddy, if they if you wait till you hit once, it's over. God have that's mercy. Not, that's not MAD, mutually assured destruction, which is the program we went on to let the Russians know that. Well, you see, our folks are logical, and they're they're, they're not thinking. They weren't thinking satanically back years back. Okay, and they believe that. Uh, they believe that the Russians believe like we do. Well, the Russians don't believe like we do they like the muslims believe they'll get rewarded if they die and those who are run by the devil don't care about dying they've been told they get this or that or the other so they don't care if the deal is if they can kill all of us they don't care if they die so if we believe that scaring them by the fact that we can respond before they can kill us and blow them all away mutually assured destruction but see they don't think like that See, there's an well, answer to that. What we need to do is we need to take our bullets, Brother Al, yeah. and grease them in pig grease. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what, well, that's what General Pershing did in, in, in the Philippines. Really? Yeah, when they were fighting the Moros, or the, the Muslim Moros over there. He put out the word he's getting all the bullets were dipped in, in pig fat, and, man, it, that quelled the whole thing over there. Because if they, if they uh, got hit with that, uh, they're not going to get their 70 virgins. They're going that's straight right. there. That's right. Well, yeah. anyhow... We got uh, the situation yeah, is the situation is the the Russians also have a thing called the dead hand syndrome. Uh, they have um, yes, talk uh, about that. Every every thirty minutes or so, whatever it is, they send a message from Moscow out to the missile field saying everything's okay, don't shoot, right? Everything's okay, don't shoot. Now we don't have that. Now what happens if the dead hand? That means that if the head gets cut off, the dead hand can still launch the missile. See, if you blow away Moscow, the guys out on the missile fields don't get a message in 30 minutes saying, everything's okay, don't shoot. They launch. Wow. Okay? They launch. So if, if you blow away headquarters, the field units still launch. And so that's the situation. We're facing a, a, a real a horrible situation. Well, don't but, stop uh, there, Brother Al. I mean, um, correct me if I'm wrong. We took the uh, the nuclear missiles off of our subs. Well, let me tell let me tell the folks how that happened. I, w- I was coming through uh, St. Louis Airport. I'd been out, I think, to interview with Noah Hutchings of of Southwest Radio Church, and uh, Noah didn't think I knew enough at that point. I knew more than 
Ed Velo did at that point about scripture numerics. I had Ed Velo's research and all that, plus I had done more research on a computer. And I went out there for an interview. But coming back, I was uh, talking to a Navy chief, Master Chief Petty Officer, who was sitting there in uniform, and I walked up showing him my ID cards, and we started talking. We talked for about a half an hour. He told me, he said, well, Clinton took away the launch keys from the sub-commanders. We can't launch our missiles. Now, that's the punch in the gut that the Russians were scared of because these guys are operating out in the boonies, right, under the water, and they can't be be targeted hardly. Well, then he told me, he said, he also took off our missiles, and we got the the tubes are half full of ballast of concrete. God have mercy. We're sitting on the bottom with no missile tubes, with no missiles. And then he says, he turned off SOSIS, now, if you read Tom Clancy, you'll find out SOSIS is an undersea listening system. And he turned off SOSIS. He told me, uh-oh, whoa, we can't hear the Russian subs anymore. And we can't hear Chinese subs either. He turned it off. And Folks, uh, we, used it to, off. Uh, we used to have underwater listening posts. Uh, I worked with a guy one time, Brother Al, who uh, I was doing security part-time when I was working uh, with DOD during the day, make some extra mm-hmm. money. Right, And he told me that uh, at one point in time, there would be a boat that would take off from Miami with two guys. It would go out so far it would come back with one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we had uh, underwater listening posts scattered around this, uh, around this planet. Uh, very interesting. But I'll tell you something else. Uh, we don't have half the things that we, we used to, to include right. the 24-hour... Uh, Bombers that were were flying that yeah, were the air, ready. The, air, the airborne command posts would have been stood down. George Bush stood those down. The Doomsday Birds, he stood them down. There you go. Senior, the Doomsday Birds. Senior George Bush stood them down to save money. Well, and what was another, their uh, what was their mission? They would they would launch and they well, would no, be in the they, they, were, they were just control planes and they flew around and they they flew around up there and they they guaranteed what we could do. We won't go into all that, but but they Bush stood them down to save twenty million words, dollars. They were supposed to be prepared, if they had to, right. given an order to fly over to Russia right. and take out right. Moscow. Now, the reason I mention that third layer, folks, is, okay, at one time we had a powerful military here. Yeah, we did. Okay, it had some teeth. And bit by bit, president by president, from Clinton to Bush now to Obama, yeah, they basically the castrated Bush. this American military. They sent our guys over into the theater with, without even body armor. They didn't. Send, they sent them over in green uniforms, folks. They sent the Marines out in the desert in green uniforms on the 20th of, of March, 2003, in green uniforms. 30,000 Marines in green uniforms. They sent guys over in Humvees with uh, the protection of like a piece of paper. Yeah, it was soft. And, brother, we had uh, 50,000 casualties come back over here, people with their legs blown off, lost their hearing, and then Obama did not even want to take care of their uh, medical bills. Yeah, right. Well, let me and, tell you what else that. And if that's not bad enough, Brother Al, Russia has been continuing to build up their nuclear arsenal. So we has have. China. Right. We've got Russian blackjack bombers, okay, yep. flying over this country, buzzing our carrier fleet. Right. And then, uh, what, two weeks ago, they want to tell us that that was uh, Kim Contrails coming out of a jetliner. Yeah, Folks, yeah. We had a Chinese sub come off of California, launch a missile, and they shot a business. Yeah. A shot across the bow in Obama's face because he'd been telling them that they need to hang on, do their currency like we want them to do, and don't cash in your dollars because you're going to bust us. You know. Forgive me for getting a little bit upset here. I don't need to shout on this uh, phone line, but I, but folks, I get angry when I 
I see the pure stupidity yep. of what they're trying to uh, ram down our throats. And the truth of it is, Brother Al, uh, what would happen if they detonated a high-altitude uh, burst? Well, if, that, if, if that missile had turned this away instead of going northwest and detonated up at 200 miles, a new debt it's called. If a new debt, from breakwater to a new debt takes eight minutes. You yes, can't sir. defend against it. And when the elements melt with a fervor and heat, when that uranium in that uh, in that missile changes its molecular, its, its atomic structure, it sends electrons down to Earth at just almost the speed of light. And it's called an EMP see, burst. It's a hemp, high altitude electromagnetic pulse EMP. Only put hemp on a hemp. And when that hemp goes what that off, does, brother. When it goes off, if you can see the burst, if you're not hidden behind a mountain, okay. The electrons come flying down there, and they hit your car computer, they hit your watch, they hit the electric company's computer, they hit the phone company's computers, and everything gets real quiet. And my buddy saw that in a vision. So fortunately, it went out. It was probably a dummy warhead, and it went on out to sea and plunged in and splashed down in the ocean someplace. But it gave us a a wake-up call. But let me tell you what more this chief told me. He told me that they were sitting on the bottom off Vladivostok, and next thing you know, they had a Russian submarine 100 feet away sitting on the bottom beside of them. He said, we didn't know how they did it. How did they know? How did they possibly know? Well, you remember the Walker brothers gave away the codes. You see, when the Pueblo was captured, Lloyd Booker, uh, that, that gunboat came out there, that uh, torpedo boat, and instead of him letting the chief unlimber the 50 caliber and start shooting them North Koreans, Lloyd Booker gave it up. He gave it up, okay? And uh, they hauled off our, our, our crypto gear, hauled it off to, was it Haiphong or, uh, is it Haiphong? Haiphong? One of them's in Vietnam, one of them's in Korea. Pyongyang or whatever. They well, you're hauled talking it off. the first time. Huh? Oh, you're talking the first time. You're, well, you're the, talking this way, way before Clinton this is sold way out before, all our secrets before, to the Chinese. This is, this is way back. At, uh, okay. Booker, Booker let the North Koreans capture our our, our ship, our our. our our, uh, it's called AGI. Got they it. captured our intelligence gathering ship, and they had the crypto gear. They had the complete crypto gear, evidently. And uh, then we found the Walker brothers gave away from working in NSA. They gave away the keys and the algorithms and all that stuff. Yes. And then they listened to our Navy communications for about ten years. And so that's how the chief found out, how the Russian sub found out our position and was sitting beside us in the dirt, in the, in the mud. So this is what happened, uh, thanks to the Walker brothers. The Walker brothers uh, probably gave away more than the Rosenbergs and uh, Whitaker Chambers. But let me tell you, after all this New World Order stuff has gone down over the years, I'm yes. not so sure that the Rosenbergs weren't framed, Okay. Because You're talking Mr. about the couple that was uh, arrested for being spies, and they fried them on the electric chair. That was the back two in the back 50s. in the late 40s they got for, for nuclear secrets, weapons, okay, uh, for, got it. for atomic secrets. Right. Well, they framed Gary Condit for Paula. They tried to frame Gary Condit for Paula uh, for uh, Shonda Levy's murder. They, uh, they framed... Uh, they framed the jet fuel for TW-800. They said jet fuel blew up. That didn't happen. They said that Waco was burned down by David Koresh when it was burned down by Partnership for Peace Troops. I can and prove all that real. by circumstances. That's right. They said that Oklahoma City was taken out by fertilizer. That's wrong. That didn't happen that way, and we ain't got time to go into all that. But Oh, let me, let me add one in there, please. Uh, they also yeah. said David Koresh uh, shot all those kids when it was actually 
uh, foreign it was a, special ops troops that showed it was them as tank. they were coming out the back. They, they had a tank in the back. They had a tank and a machine gun, and they gunned those people down from the back. Or the FBI was drawn off 49 day, on the 49th day, and PFP troops come in from Fort Hood, Task Force 6, and burned that place down. And That's so right. all this stuff you see, Vince Foster did not commit suicide. TDB Hunter didn't go down the way they said. Swiss Air didn't go down the way they said. American 587 didn't go down the way they said. Egypt Air did not go down the way they said. Um, 911 did not go down the way they said. Nor did uh, the Pentagon, a plane fly into the Pentagon like they said. You say, Al, are you telling? No, I'm telling you exactly the truth. The Lord holds me responsible for what I have learned and what He has shown me, and I'm tr- to tell you truthfully what happened. But this kind of stuff has been going on and going on and going on. And Admiral Borda did not commit suicide. He wanted Bill Clinton tried for treason before a military tribunal, and they took him out with three bullets in the chest. You know, we can go through that scenario. This is the new world. People have a short always... memory, Brother Al. They forget there was 120 people that Bill Clinton had killed. Well, hey, on the Clinton Chronicles, there was a whole bunch of them that the New World Order had killed. For go Bill all the way back to, um, to Mena, Arkansas, when Bill Clinton as governor was getting paid on the side for drug-running operations out there in, in Mena, Arkansas Airport. And, and Larry Nichols got out there and exposed the whole thing, and they beat him with a two-by-four. They went to his house and beat him with a two-by-four. It's a miracle he wasn't dead. He exposed it on a, on a, on a video called the Clinton Chronicles, but that's just part of Brother it. Brother Al, forgive me here. Uh, I left out poor Brother Bush. I'm talking uh, George Bush, whose father was... George helped finance... Yep. <laughs> right. Brother Walker finance- Bush... He- yeah, he helped Bobby in. Bush. Yeah, that smuggled drugs in with Colonel Armitage from Nam, Cambodia and Laos, the Golden Triangle. Okay, right. his father Prescott Bush financed Funded. Adolf Hitler during World War II with Brown Brothers Airmen, and it made Time Magazine. That's right. And this I didn't want to leave him going. out while we were on this. This subject. has been going on, folks, and you're sitting out there, and this is still going on right now. Uh, let me tell you the latest. Um, over in uh, Back in uh, about 99 or 2000, I heard there were choppers flying over Amboy, West Virginia. Uh, some friends over there. So I decided, where is the nearest military base? Ah, Camp Dawson on the Cheat River between Terra Alta and Kingwood, West Virginia. Right. On Route 7 on the Cheat River. There's a Guard Special Forces base over there. So what's Al do? He jumps in his little machine and drives over there with my ID cards. I cut off the road, cut under the bridge, run along Cheat River, come to the base. Yeah, it's open. I talked to the command staff, and they started giving me a hassle a little bit. I went back, and before I went there, I went back and looked off-limits area. So, well, you know, I'm civilian now. I ain't worried about off-limits area. So I went, looked over there, and I saw this helicopter was sitting beside a barracks, a black chopper. Sure enough, my, the word was right. There sits the Black Hawk, unmarked and black. So I noted that down in my little notebook and kept on going. The administrative assistant to the commander there writes me a letter. What are you doing up here snooping around? Implicating me as if I was up to something, right? God have mercy. And so I, I said, I sued you my three federal ID cards, lady, and I spent 31 years in defense of my country, and don't you dare accuse me of doing anything. I said, I had a top-secret code word clearance, but you don't even know what code word even means. You don't even have a top You probably don't have a confidential clearance, you know, sitting there in, in, the, in the post headquarters. You know, shuffling papers. Anyhow, 
on uh, Monday, I happened to be up there, and I ran into a fella, and I'm not going to say who he was. He happened to be retired. And we started talking, and I mentioned some of this black uniform forces, and he said, hey. I told him, I said, these choppers are flying out of Camp Dawson. He said, yeah, he says, I've been over there on a job. And he said, that's what those, that's who those funky black, black, black uniform guys were back there in the back. I said, yeah, they're foreigners. He said, man, they're over there. I said, yeah. I said, I didn't see anybody there except the chopper, but now you're over there and see them walking around. He says, yeah, they're over there. So, folks, you folks in West Virginia, you got your base. I just got a phone call. Vin Hill Farm Station up at Warrington has been turned over to the Russians. It used to be Army Security ASA base, then it became INSCOM. They shut it down in about 19... 19- 91 or so, the commissary was shut down, PX is shut down. I said, they're going to put foreign troops on this baby, just sure as the world. And they shut down the whole food service corps, don't forget that. Yeah, well, the Army has no more cooks. The Army no has people. no more cooks. God have mercy. You can't fight a real war without cooks. Because, okay, folks, hang on a second. All they have now is MREs and contractors. Well, contractors make big money. It takes $20 per meal per man in Iraq to feed those guys if you have contractors, okay? If there are no contractors, the troops will be eating MREs. And the MREs, really, they're good, and they're, they're good, and they are, um, are nutritious, but they have no fiber in them. There's no fiber in MREs at all. They'll so make you gut, constipated. Let's your just gut's get real. taking a terrible pounding, and as a God young man, you can get you can get along with that. But uh, your colon is really being mistreated by. You. But I went to Fort Belvoir to retiree day one day, and I'm going through the chow line, and here's I said, "Where's the KPs? Oh, we're all civilians. What contractors? They're civilian contractors feeding the military. Now, can you imagine in World War II, civilian contractors uh, a quarter mile behind the lines?" Feeding the troops and Nazi aid, uh, German 88s coming in uh, regularly, boom, boom, boom. The contractors would have scooted for the French border or for the channel and get back to England, right? That's right. So it's you can't have a real war with contractors feeding the troops. But you can in unconventional warfare, which is the word when I retired, unconventional warfare. So what's unconventional warfare? Oh, I know what it is. You start a phony war like Iraq and Afghanistan. You uh, have a, a phony attack on the towers. You say that they blew it up. The Taliban did it, the Taliban. I don't know if Mrs. Taliban or Mr. Taliban. I never knew him or his mother, so I'm not sure there is any Taliban. But I read about it in the paper, okay? we got to have a boogeyman. Then you had, well, it was Al-Qaeda did it. And then, uh, go get them. Then we got, we got to get, we got to get Saddam Hussein. They went after Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Folks, you've been had. You have been had. H-A-D, really. Let me interject something right there, folks. People think, uh, Brother Al, I don't know what we're talking about. Let me just give you a little bit of a quick history lesson on the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. Yeah, okay, Saddam Hussein that, was a CIA agent. Manuel Noriega before him. Yep. The dictator of Panama. And so was Osama bin Laden. Which, by yeah. the way, they've changed his name on the FBI Most Wanted list. Now they've renamed him USAMA, U-S-A-M-A. I think <laughs> hey. someone in there in, inside the agency had a little bit of sense of humor. Hey, folks, let me tell you what happened in Panama. I His was, real name I, was Tim Osmond. Go ahead and talk yeah. about Panama a minute. I was the uh, action officer for Panama, and I was waiting for a report to come in after the thing was over. It started on the 19th of December, Operation Just Cause. 
we sent 20,000 guys down here, and we just happened to send 600 women troops down there. And uh, I was waiting and waiting for the after-action report and never came in. Never came in. I mean, from December to August, it never came in. So I didn't know why. So I went back in there, and they won't let us go back in anymore, okay, because I was going back in there and putting some word out, and they won't let us, well, any retirees go back in the Pentagon anymore. So one day I went in there before they barred us. I think uh, 99 they barred us. About 98, somewhere near they barred us from going, retirees and going back in the Pentagon. And I got two ID cards that came right out of the Pentagon. I had them in the Pentagon. I can't go back in. Well, um I thought I went back in there and I went to my office and I said, "You ever get that report in?" He says, "No." I was the action officer in charge of Southcom for that particular job, and he said, "No, it didn't come in." But I found out why. I said, "What happened?" He said, "Well, there was this crusty old colonel down there that wrote, writes up these reports, and they were called uh, Jules, J U L L S, J U U L S, and." Uh, he said he wrote up the fact that there were six women who threw their rifles down and went back into barracks balling. They weren't going downtown for the shootout. And they wouldn't go downtown. They went back there, women soldiers, and they were balling. They wouldn't go down. They were scared. So the colonel put it in the report and turned it all in. They put it all together. It goes to the to sink, sink south. That's a four-star general. Now, you can't make a four-star general do anything. The only the president, the secretary of defense, and the chairman of the joint chiefs, okay, this is a joint command. The chairman can tell him, I want that report in here. Or the secretary of defense can tell him, get that report in here. Or the president can say, get that report in here. The NCA is the president and the secretary of defense. That's the command authority. He don't want to send it in. He don't have to send it in. And he wasn't going to send it in with those six women bawling because it was politically incorrect for the six women to be balling and not going to fight the war, okay? So he didn't send it in. And that's what we got in our military today, and we got problems. And now the Marine Commandant was Peter Pace. He got up and said, we don't need homosexuals in the Marine Corps. I think he said a little more diplomatically than that, but he was relieved about two months later. He's gone. The latest one, Amos says, I think his name is Amos, he stood up and said, well, we need to find out uh, whether or not we can have these guys in the military or not, uh, uh, open, openly gay. Well, he, he's probably got about three more weeks, and he'll be gone, okay? If you say anything against the homosexuals, or I use the term faggots, Whatever, okay, yeah. they'll kick you out. If you say anything about this, um, let me just get right with it. If you say anything about um, Islam, yeah, okay, and they're moon devil, it's the moon they God, right. your name Allah. What they do is they'll kick you out. Okay, right. it's all about political correctness. Right. They, they, they've taken, he, they've he, taken he, weapons away from our military men off the base so they can't protect themselves. And right. lo and behold, what do we have? We've got a uh, well, an officer in the military that they allowed to join right. our ranks who was an old Muslim. They knew it. They had a. He was in the PX. He was in the PX in his Muslim costume, and they knew he was a threat. But it was politically incorrect. And one guy come on, uh, one of the military officers said, we knew about the guy, but we weren't able to do anything about it because it was politically incorrect. So he kills 14 people. He kills 14 people. And, uh, you know, here, this, this is what we're facing, folks. Al, man, I, I don't understand it. I've been to Israel, okay, yep. and you go over there. And uh, if you're a man or a woman, you're going to do at least two years of service in the IDF. That's right. You and do they go in there, years, yeah. and they train them how to defend their country. 
and you'll go down walking down the streets, and you'll see a, a young girl in a dress with an M16 strapped around her back. Everybody right. there is armed. That's right. My buddy's okay. got two of them weapons. He's got a permit to carry two of them, and he's got a Uzi and a 9 millimeter. Amen. And they're trained to do it, and I think that uh, they need to reinstate the draft here and send everybody well, into that... the military for two years because uh, it would keep them off of drugs and and all this other crap that's going on with our youth. Well, this but my is, point this I'm is... trying to make is, Al, that's what the military personnel are trained to do, handle a weapon. In the olden days, now correct me if I'm wrong, okay, they would issue you your um, your M14 or your M1, and you slept with that thing. You kept it. Well, you kept it uh, 24 well, hours a day. Well, you did. Well, not really. What happened, uh, it used to be that way. The Germans kept their weapons in World War II. Those guys kept their weapons right there outside their room, you know. They now, kept them right there. You can be a special forces trained uh, soldier, and they take your weapons away. Okay, they're they, shipping they, people to the theater. They're not giving them ammunition. That's right. That's like over in Bosnia. That's right. I'll tell you what. We had, uh, I talked to two sergeants. Back up the clock. Talk about Bosnia a minute. Well, there was two sergeants that I, that I, uh, I won't say their names. I could say their names. I could say their names and the jobs they do. One of them had a five-letter name, start with H, end <laughs> with S. I could tell you what his job was, then I could tell you right where he worked. And I saw to I walk in there one day with my camo pants on. I said, hey, I'm Al Cuppet, and I showed him my ID cards. Yes. He said, you know what? He said, they sent me to Macedonia. He said, I walked into Macedonia to the orderly room, and my guy I'm relieving hands me two mag pouches with four magazines. That's uh, 20 rounds or 30 rounds apiece, four times 30, 120 rounds. That's right. He says, here's your pistol belt and your two pouches, your four magazines, and that's all the ammo you're going to get till you leave here. Wow. Don't get in a firefight, Bubba. Oh, you did. Oh, my goodness. Four, the basic load, 120 rounds. That's all they gave him, and they kept passing those rounds from one guy to the next guy. Each year goes by, they pass them to the next guy. And I talked to two different guys that had that happen. You wonder why United Nations troops are completely emasculated. I mean, American guys would try to do their job. They're gonna, they're gonna pull, they're gonna pull Northern Israel. They're fixing to pull back a little more up there, and more people are gonna be murdered and butchered because Israelis are gonna back up. Lord Jesus. Give Netanyahu some guts. Protect Israel. Protect Jerusalem, oh God. Amen. They're going to drop them guys back, and they're going to pull back. Anytime you pull Israeli troops back, somebody gets murdered. And the murderers come in and murder the people. So uh, this is what, this, here we go again. Brother and, Alex, uh, one case after the next. Look what happened to us uh, over in Somalia. They made Black Hawk down. Let me tell you about that. I'll tell you exactly how it happened, folks. I've been there and done that. We had a guy named Les Aspen who was from Wisconsin. In the 70s, he was a congressman from Wisconsin. He had one guard base up there, and he hated the military because he didn't get any votes from nobody because there weren't any military people in his, in his state. So he was the hatchet man to spearhead all of the anti-military stuff, him and Jimmy Carter. That's right. And they took away seven – I remember Carter I'm ashamed away, to have been born in Georgia. Yeah, well, he took away 17 things – and one of the things Carter's administration took away was the military could go to retreats five days a year. You could take a retreat, free time off. Now, you just got free time off. You didn't need a pass. You didn't need to leave. You'd go down to Berkshire and go to retreat, a real, rigid, a real spiritual, old-fashioned retreat back in the 70s now. See, I've been back there, folks, okay? I don't sound 72, but I am. Now, went back there, went down there. The guys, we'd take some unsaved guys down there with us. 
and they had, we had some powerful sermons down there, powerful, glorious, oh, Bruce, it was, Brother Shannon, it was gloriously wonderful. And we'd take them guys down there and they'd get saved. They'd get born again saved and their lives would be changed. I took Ray and Linda down there. Both of them got saved down there. They, li- they lived across the hall from me. That's when they had some guts. We had the same King James Bible. We had a hymn book back in 1971-74. But Jimmy Carter, his administration took away the five-day retreat. You couldn't go anymore free. Wow. On, not free, but on, on free time off, okay? And uh, the next thing, one of the other things he did when a, when, a, when a military guy used to re-enlist. Now, there were 17 things that I counted, but I can remember two of them now. I kept a list of them over the four years that Carter was in. When you re-enlist, you were paid. When you, re-en- when you, when you got out of the Army, you were given travel pay to your home a record, okay? You could take travel pay. You could hitchhike home. Or you could buy a ticket. You could get. They gave you travel pay, and they gave it to you. You could buy a bus ticket and go cheap. You could hitchhike. You'd buy whatever you wanted to buy. But what they did was, when guys reenlisted as a benefit, make them want to reenlist. Not only would you get a reenlistment bonus, they would give you the travel pay to your home of record. Now, if you reenlisted at Fort Meade, Maryland, and you lived in San Francisco, you got paid for three thousand miles, right? Or twenty nine hundred miles out there. So. It was an incentive to re-enlist. Well, Carter took that away from us. He took that away. He almost destroyed the military. The Reagan, when he came in, gave the military guys a 17-point pay raise. Praise the Lord. And i got to say one thing. I'm sitting here today because Reagan, I had two jobs under Reagan, which put me on pretty good street. Praise God for uh, Reagan. And yes, and he gave those guys a 17%, milita- a 17% pay raise, which is number for victory, Today's the 17th. But anyhow, uh, this is the things that are going on. Carter liked to destroy. He almost destroyed the enlisted men's uh, morale with the, with the stuff that this turkey pulled. And Jimmy Carter, I can say this to you with all love and compassion. You said you were a born-again Christian. I shook your hand on the 21st of May of 1976. You told me you were a born-again Christian, and you hate Israel, and you love the Palestinians. You hate the Jews. You're, going, you're, you're doing everything in your power to kill the Jews in Israel. Let me and say it for you, brother. He's on, the, he's on a one-way ticket to hell right now. Jimmy Carter, if you're listening, you need to repent, brother. You That's call right. yourself a Baptist uh, Sunday school teacher? Yeah. And you're well, trying to uh, disenfranchise Israel from their God-given right to their land? Right. You know, I don't think he knew, knows the Bible at all. I think he reads the Satanic Bible. I don't know what he reads, Because but... the Word says, if you bless my people, I'll bless you. If you curse my people, I'll curse you. Yep. And all and he's Carter. done is tried to promote the agenda. To destroy Israel. To destroy he has, Israel. He he's doing that even now. Level best to destroy Israel. And so uh, is, is a violent spirit. I had a... This lady told me, you need to get a hold of this colonel. And... Uh, I said, well, okay, Lord, and I fleeced it. The Lord said, no, don't contact that colonel. I said, well, Lord, he's, he's American colonel. He flies fighter planes in, war, in, the, in the Korean War, and I didn't do it for a while. And finally, I fleeced it again. He said, no. Well, I said, I'm a, so I sent him some information. Man, that guy turned out to be the most anti-Semite I've ever seen. Uh, he threatened me as good as threatened my life before it was over. He told me, you better watch your six, boy. If you're a fighter pilot, you know what that means. And so uh, he, he threatened me. But I said, hey, you know, brother, um, my buddy Joel was coming down the road here one day, him and his wife. He said, ow, we saw an angel about 100 feet tall standing over your house. He said he was about, he must have been 50 feet tall, Al, standing up 
on your deck. I could see him standing above the trees. And he said, and him and his, and his wife both saw it. I said, well, I know the Lord promised to protect me, but I said, uh, uh, I, I never saw him, but I know from prophetic word from several men of God that, that there must be that he must be there. You know, uh, my great uncle was going back from one of his churches. He started seven churches in the mountains of Maryland, and he was going back one night singing. And he looked up and he saw yellow on top of all the mountaintops, brother. And he said, hey, Lord, what's that? What's that yellow glow on all the mountaintops? It's a yellow glow all the top on the mountains all around me. I said, Lord, what is that? He said, son, that's the words that's coming out of your mouth that I'm going to light up and send my light onto these mountains. And exactly what he did. Seven churches in the 50 years of his saved life, including my grandfather. He was 50 years saved also. Now, my brother Rob, who is a prophet of God, said, Al, I was praying for you one night, and I saw this beam of light coming straight from heaven. It hit right straight on top of your house. And uh, it was right on top of your house, and it hit your house, and it hit like a prism. And in every direction, in 360 degrees, the light went straight out to the horizon in every direction. I said, what color was it? He said, yellow. I said, ah, dog. I said, that's just what my great uncle found out. It was yellow. <laughs> and as we talk on this program right now, on the Internet, this light of the gospel of Christ is going out around all over. I've got a, a, a sister in, in China. I've got another sister who wrote me a letter in Scotland. Praise one God. In, one in Malta. i got... Uh, this thing is watched in China. They, they they've, they've shut down some of the stuff, but some of these shows they can't they can't shut them all down because they'd have to shut the whole net down. You know. Well, you know so we're anyhow, going into uh, those of us doing these internet radio programs, Al, like yourself. You're doing it on Tuesday night, are you not? Yeah, I go Tuesday night every night. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Every, you know, every Tuesday night. Yeah. God is going to continue to open doors, and we are going to preach the truth. Nobody is going to suppress this. Uh, and right, I want to right. say something about Israel. Mm-hmm. Folks, it's your choice. You can bless Israel, you can be cursed. Right. Genesis 12.3. You bless my people, I'll bless you. You curse my people, I'll curse you. Brother Al, there is a foul spirit, the same foul mm-hmm. spirit that was in Adolf Hitler, jumping right. in the people today that call themselves Christians are not standing up for Israel. That's right. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you now, if, if you say you're a born-again Christian, and you're not concerned about your cousins, your Jewish cousins, who have been manhandled so terribly over the years, and they're now back on their land, if you don't support them, I'm telling you now, the the quickest way to get the judgment of God on you is to curse a Jew. That's the quickest way. The best way to be blessed by God is to bless a Jew. You Amen. know, if you can't say something good about the Jewish people, then shut up. You know, just shut up. You know, uh, Doc, you know, anybody born after 1958 through 1960 didn't catch polio in this country. That's because Jonas Salk... And Robert Sabin invented the salt polio vaccine and the Sabin vaccine. And two Jewish doctors saved the world, if the world wasn't so corrupt. Could have saved, they saved the United States from polio. And if you take polio, what's that? It's called infantile paralysis. And i tell you what, Patricia Broderick and her husband, I knew Pat Broderick. She lived uh, about a half a mile from me. She died with her husband in 1961. Her, both her and her husband died of infantile paralysis and she was a real nice gal she was a couple of years older than me but I knew them and uh, 
they they both died. They didn't get the they didn't get the the stuff. And uh, I thought it was in '58 we took it, but I think it was in six, six maybe '61. But she died, and two Jewish doctors invented that vaccine and saved the world. Could have saved the whole world, saved the United States from the scourge of polio. Uh, you've heard of iron lungs, folks. That's when you got polio started in your legs usually and came up and it worked its way up and if it if your body fought it off before it got to your lungs you're only paralyzed from your feet down if it kept on coming up your up your body um, your lungs would be paralyzed and they had to put you in an iron lung and you laid on your back 24 hours a day looking in a mirror wow and they, the lung was about as big as a big it, you, they put it from your you were in it from your neck down to uh, your just below your stomach or lower, or whatever, and it, it would breathe for you. It would, it would make, it would, it was a lung, and it would, it would, it would aspirate your lungs, and that's how you lung. live. That's how you live, the iron lung. I remember it. I remember seeing people in iron lungs. Well, let me throw a new one two- on the pile here. The Jews are a blessed people, my friends. Yeah. Everybody who enjoys using Skype, mm-hmm. Vonage, and all these internet t- telephony services, who right. do you think invented it? It was the Israelis, right? Okay, they invented right. that. Uh, so, so so many cool inventions have come out of Israel, and yeah. um, I like to see you know, people think uh, that uh, God has divorced the Jews, brother Al, and that the the Gentiles have uh, supplanted them. Let me tell you something, people. God is going to keep His covenant with Israel. Well, let me okay. tell you something. One more thing, Bruce. Well, Go ahead, take it over, brother. It. Before I start preaching, um, my buddy said, "Al, there's a building in Israel. It's concrete, and this is what it looks like. It's square, and it's got a dome on top of it." And they're trying. They're going to attack it. They're going. To, they're planning to attack that building. You mean to tell them they're going to tend to attack? They're planning to attack that building. Well, it says, "Oh, I don't know what that building is, Bob." Well, I went over there to see my brother Samuel when I was up visiting him. The guy who just told you about the uh, corkscrew smoke trail of, of an ICBM. Yes. And he said to me, uh, he said, uh, "I said, Samuel, my buddy told me that they're trying to attack this building." I said, now, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it is. I said, I have no idea. I'm just drawing you what he drawed from me, what he drew from me. I drew it square with a dome in the middle. I said, that dome is solid concrete. He said, that is that is uh, Diamona. That's the nuclear plant. And so uh, I said, oh, oh, oh. And my buddy saw this in a vision. And uh, he's seen other things in visions. And... Uh, uh, I can give you a fact that there's people been apprehended. People have been apprehended in their dastardly deeds in different places because he had a vision of it. And I told the right people, and they jerked the security clearance of the people, and they couldn't go back into their office no more to work. Uh, what they were doing, they lost their security clearance. They couldn't couldn't convict them of, of stealing secrets and, and being... Uh, anti-American or anti-whatever, but they did the security clearance away, and that was the end of that. <laughs> that happened. I ain't going into any more detail. I won't go into any more detail, but that happened. You see, Brother Allen, all that we talk about, people forget one thing, okay? Uh, especially those that are just learning about the New World Order. Folks, Brother Al has studied this for decades. I've done it at least since 77. My point I'm trying to make here is if you go up all the way up to command and control hierarchy, you get to the very top, it's Satan. Right. Okay, Satan hates the Jewish people. He hated them back in Noah's time. Right. Okay, Satan did not want Jesus Christ to come. Right. So we could we could be restored in relationship with the Father. 
And he, he tried, tried to corrupt to, the seed back then and he tried, to, it he, out. Cu- he tried to cut the messianic line when Cain killed Abel, but God gave Seth to Adam and Eve, and Seth was where it came through. Uh, he tried to cut the line in Egypt when Moses was tried. They tried to kill all the male children. He tried to do it at uh, in in Babylon he, in Haman, Haman as we say in Haman in, in Hebrew, Haman they say in Israel. He tried to kill the messianic line. He tried Herod tried to kill all the babies under two years old. Satan tried to cut the messianic line, but he can't do that because God's word is forever settled in heaven. The word of God is forever settled in heaven, and God is having people act out his word the word the the, things are coming to pass lord because the word of god is already written down in heaven and it's going to come to pass just like god's word says in heaven already written up there it's been written since day one and from from beginning to end and it comes to pass like it's written in heaven because god says it'll come to pass because it'll come to pass and you'll know this folks as long as you're not reading a perverted bible and that's the point we're trying to drive home here right if you don't use one of these perverted Bibles, I'll tell you what. I'll quote for you three Bibles out of the NIV Bible. I'll quote Matthew seventeen twenty one, Matthew eighteen eleven, and Acts eight thirty seven. I'll quote them all together at one time, all three verses at one time, and I'll quote them all three at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Quote. Unquote. Oh, I just I quoted all three verses. Well, you didn't say nothing, Al. That's right, because there's nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there. The verse number is not even there. And even the Jehovah's Witness Bible has the verse number, but they don't. Uh, the NIV Bible does not have it. The, new, the complete Jewish Bible is not complete. It doesn't have it, nor does the New, Ameri- the new Revised Standard Version. And uh, these perverted Bibles come from a different text. And the Spirit of God has been decimated. He works in accordance with the Word of God. That's why God gave us a Bible. And if you don't have the Word of God either in your, on your lips or in your hand or you're listening to it, hearing it, the Holy Spirit cannot help you. I'm just telling you that he cannot act contrary to the word or in the absence thereof. And that scripture happens to be, howbeit this kind goeth not out by fasting and prayer. Evil spirits come out, stubborn evil spirits come out by fasting and prayer. Amen. And so... If you turn to Mark 9, 29, you'll find the same verse, but fasting is missing over there. So a new Christian who wanted to cast out an evil spirit wouldn't know how to do it because there's only two places in the Bible that tells you how to do it, those two places. Now, Matthew eighteen eleven, for the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. That's the Lord's commission. That's missing too. So the Holy Spirit cannot work if the word has been taken away or if the word has changed. And Satan knew he could destroy the church. He could destroy the power of the church. He could destroy the salvation gospel of Christ if he put out these perverted Bibles. And that's what he's doing. And I got a little chart that I send out. It's a diagram that I came up with after about 10 years. It's called the Wild Vine Chart. And I'll send it to anybody that will send me enough to copy it in a stamped envelope. Uh, Give out your contact information. I, just, I, just go, I don't go on the Internet. You write me at Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, and I'll send you, and, you know, I'd like you to send me enough for postage, okay? I mean, the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. I don't know what he thinks about a stingy Christian, okay? Anyhow, uh, I'm blessed today because I pay tithes and, and offerings. And, and I, want generous- to take a, I want to take a quick break, and I want you to talk about that. Um, we're going to be back with Brother Al Cup, and if you have a question for Brother Al, I'll open up the lines. The phone number is 917 889 2745. Again, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Brother Al Cuppet, 
This is Omega Man Radio Network. Brother Al, um, give out your contact information again one more time, please. Yeah, you just you just write me at Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, 22748. You don't even need. You can look up the you can look up the zip code at the post office. If you put Al Cuppet, Wolftown, Virginia, you, it'll get here. The post office is only is only uh, twelve by eight, anyhow. Okay, and uh, if you can look at the, you can look up the zip code is two two seven four eight. If you didn't write it down, look it up at the uh, look it up at the post office when you get there. Wolftown, like a big bad wolf. Wolftown, Virginia, two two seven four eight. That's where I the also I want to give out your other website, folks. Uh, Brother Al has a website called Freedom Fighters. No, that's, for America. That's not, wait, 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 wait a minute, Bruce. That's not my website. That's Freedom Fighters for America, and I'm on there. I'm on uh, TalkShoe. Uh, you can hear me on Tuesday night. There's about 60 broadcasts up there, and it's on. It's on Freedom Fighters for America. They they invited me just like uh, uh, our producer here invited me on this program, and I'm on there Tuesday night at eight o'clock Eastern time, and I try to give you the latest. And you can look it up. I don't. I, I, I'm just the guy that does the talking. I'm you don't not, go where you're not invited, do you? <laughs> right. I'm not computer literate. Uh, I just know if you go freedomfightersforamerica.com, look for Talk Shoe Al Cuppet, and you can find the, the little blue line that you punch to get to get up to, to listen to it. It's on there, and people listen to it all over the world. Hey, man, and we're going to be right back after this break, right. and if you would like to talk to Brother Al, the number is 917-889-2745. We'll be back in about five minutes. And I'm glad you're alive tonight. And tune in to Omega Man Radio Network. If you're just joining in, we've got special guest Al Cupidon. And it's always a pleasure to have Brother Al on. He knows what he's talking about. He was not born yesterday, folks. He served this country for over 30 years, fought in Nam. And uh, I appreciate having Brother Al on. He has never ceased to put himself uh, on the front lines to get information out to those that would uh, be awake and would hear. One of the first men who broke the stories on the red and blue list. What's coming on America? He's an American patriot. He loves Israel. He loves this nation. And uh, he sacrificed a lot to be able to come on and do shows like this tonight. So uh, if you love Brother Al, I would ask that you would get in contact with him, support him, and um, spread the word about Omega Man Radio. Uh, Just another announcement before we get Brother Al back on the line, and we'll take your calls tonight if you'd like to talk to Brother Al. The number is 917-889-2745. Just to give you a quick uh, rundown of the rest of the week, we're going to have Prophet Scott Lathrop on tomorrow night. He'll be back. We're going to have, this week, we've got Anthony J. Hilder coming on uh, Friday night to talk about mega murder, aircraft from the skies. He's going to be breaking the story on some updates he's got involving chemtrails. Then we've got uh, Dr. Pat Holliday, the School of Deliverance. That'll be Saturday night. We uh, we do our intercessory warfare uh, prayer Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Join Dr. Pat and I as we start uh, praying and interceding for this country. And uh, we've got other guests uh, lined up. We'll have Peter Cullen back this week. My goodness, uh, we're lining them up fast. So you want to go to OmegaManRadio.com. You want to look at... Uh, our alerts there. You can also go to the show page over here at Blog Talk Ready, and you can see who's coming up uh, in future programs. Okay, without further ado, let me get Brother Al back on the line. Stand by. Brother Al, you back with us? Uh, Roger that. We have uh, our lines lighting up. Uh, shall we take a couple calls? Sure. Okay. Uh, and, folks, uh, let me warn you, if you want to get on and you want to blast Israel, I'll cut you off real quick. 
Okay? That's right. Uh, if you Amen. have a question for Brother Al, then this is the forum to ask him, and he can elaborate uh, on any of the things that we've talked about tonight or other questions you may have. Uh, it's just an honor to have you on, Brother Al, so stand by here a minute. Let's get our first caller on the line. Caller, uh, you're on the air with Brother Al Covet. Hello. Yeah, go yes. ahead. Hello, how are you? Hi, okay, how are you? Fine. Hi, I have a question that I've been reading about. Um, in 1991, uh, George Bush passed Public Law uh, 102-14, and that's based on the uh, seven no-hide laws, but it's based on the uh, satanic version of the Torah by Rabbi Schmierson. Can you elaborate? Does that go with the guillotines that are here? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not up on the Noahide laws. I won't I won't try to say something I don't know. Um, well, it's just that the law was passed in 1991. I didn't see that law. It was uh, I was still working back then and uh, oh. was over in India probably, and I didn't read about it. Um, I hate to tell you, I don't know what, I'm not sure oh. about that. Okay? Okay, because it's very alarming when well, you I'm, read most the thi- law. Yeah, most things are, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> nowadays, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but I thought it goes along with what they're saying in the Revelation about the guillotines, and I, well, when I read I, I know, that it calls I, for beheading of all well, Gentiles. Well, I know. Well, that's, uh, I think we would take another call, Bruce. Absolutely. And, ma'am, uh, I tell you, uh, the Holocaust is coming. They're coming for Jews, Christians, and patriots this yeah, time. Yeah, if you don't Satan follow the Talmud, that's what it's saying, if you don't follow the Talmud well, of the law. Well, so that may not... be. You know, the Jesuits have said, if I don't believe mm-hmm. that Jesus mm-hmm. Christ is actually the body, if I don't believe that the monstrance, when the priest takes mm-hmm. that piece of wafer, if I don't believe that's the body right. of Christ, the Council of Trent says I'm a heretic and they can kill me, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, being and we've got the, uh, the Catholic Church that if you don't bear, uh, you know, worship the Pope, okay, oh, you're involved yeah, in, them. in necromancy <laughs> and pray to uh, dead saints, mm-hmm. they'll mm-hmm. excommunicate you. Know, what they've done is they've just put a curse against you. And so right, that's right. the state of uh, operations right now. You've got the Catholic Church that mm-hmm. has its own uh, mafia called the Jesuits. Oh, yeah. No, I know Okay, about and uh, <laughs> to answer your question about guillotines, guillotines are real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you I know the you person want to relate seen the, them. the story about uh, the intelligence you picked up on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I was in Odessa, Texas, and the MC called me over and said, you see that person sitting there with the two kids? I said, yeah. That individual would like me to tell you what the brother saw out in Oakland. They were picking off some of the containers, and one of them dropped and broke open and sprung open, and they saw the guillotines inside, right on the docks in Oakland. Oh, so uh, they're here. Yeah, they're real. I've got a picture uh, they, on. I got a picture. In fact, uh-huh. on the uh, Davis Motion Pictures produced uh, Twin Brothers Church, and I've got a picture of the guillotine container. Guillotine container that came into Canada. Uh, it shows the You can see the sign of the guillotine on the side of it. And they bring it. They brought them into Canada. Ma'am, and I'll tell you whose modus operandi it is to behead mm-hmm. people. That is called uh, Islam. Uh, that's what they do. They have a, a mandate which says either you convert, because Islam means submission, if you translate right. it. Um, you either convert or they will take your head off. And they hate the Jewish people. They hate the Christian people. And they're the ones that are going around lopping heads off. So somehow or another, they're going to wrestle control. I believe of this government. Uh, I believe our own president is a uh, a closet Muslim. He has said on the right. well, maybe not closet anymore, brother Al. He has said, no. you know, yeah. um, he goes. I, you know, I love my praise, Muslim faith. Man. He goes to the mosque and prays. I mean, takes his shoes off and bows down. 
Mm-hmm. And so, also, you know, that, he's a mason. He's a mason also. He may also be. Okay. Mason, you know, he Good. just bowed down in front of uh, another demonic god called Buddha oh, yeah. mm-hmm. on his Indonesian trip. Yeah. And uh, that's who wants to take your head, lady, and, and mine, and Brother Al's, and that is uh, Satan. Okay, working through his uh, d- demonically possessed people, filled okay. up with foul spirits of uh, Allah mm-hmm. and Islam, and uh, that's who's behind the uh, the Muslims. You know, a billion. Okay, I'm, right uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, man. There, there are mm-hmm. satanically operated people in all sects. S e c t s, and there are some. It's the fit. It's Safet, These Kabbalists. The Kabbalists are Jews who have sold out the people. Mm-hmm. They've sold out their own people. But I'm not right, going right, right. to throw out. I got you know I got I met a little Jewish girl up in, uh, on on. Uh, it was on. It was by. Uh, uh, let me think where it was. It was up there in. Uh, it was Williamsburg, uh, Gottlieb's restaurant, and I'm trying to remember the name of the street. And this little redheaded gal coming down the street with her mother. She's yeah. about seven years old, and okay. I saw her. I saw her there. She looked just like my daughter did 30 years before, exactly. So I stopped to speak to her mom, and I and I spoke to her and said hi. But there are people in this world who'd like to butcher that little red-headed girl and kill her just because she's a Jew. And I have sworn on the altar of God, and I took the, an, I took the constitutional oath seven times, and when I retired, I did not renounce the oath, and I will give my life in defense of that little girl, she's got just as much right to walk the streets of Brooklyn as my daughter has to walk the streets of Virginia. And I will give my life in her defense. Amen. People forget, Brother Al, Jesus was a Jew, and so were all the disciples. Yeah, Jesus and, is uh, Jewish we, flesh, we, that's right. We've been grafted in. And that's our, our brothers. Together we're the commonwealth of Israel. But the, uh, the Gentile believers have in no way supplanted the Jewish people. God will keep his covenant. And uh, so that's all I have to say about that. Uh, God bless you for calling in, ma'am. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And uh, if you'd like to talk to Brother Al tonight, the number is 917-889-2745. We'll put you on the line. Or we've got a toll-free number, 877-806-2482. Hey, Bruce, I got a, let me read a hymn here. Absolutely. Go for it. It's in the church hymnal of the Church of God, most of the churches of God. I used to be licensed in the Church of God as a fellowship leader in Germany. Uh, they've given these away for about eight, eight or nine bucks apiece. Uh, they've got, the churches have gone to playing this off-the-wall jar garbage, and so they want to get rid of the hymn books for $9 apiece. Uh, they're not going to use them anymore, but they want to get the money out of them, okay? Uh, it says, Tell Me the Story of Jesus, written by Fanny J. Crosby. Now, folks, I want you to listen to the words. Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and good tidings to earth. And the chorus goes, tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. The second verse, fasting alone in the desert, tell of his the days that he passed, how for our sins he was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor, tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. And of course, finally, the, the third verse, tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him, tell how he liveth again. Loving that story so tender, clearer than ever I see. 
stay, let me weep while you whisper. Love paid the ransom for me. That's Tell Me the Story of Jesus by Fanny Crosby, folks. That's a mini gospel. It touches the heart of those who listen and who are unsaved and those who are saved. And you can be drawn to salvation by just singing that song. But they've thrown the hymn book out, folks. They've gone to this ungodly praise and worship. They have gone to praise and worship, and they haven't been washed by the word. And Dave Wilkerson preached this sermon. I didn't. They've tried to waltz their way into the throne room of God, raising their hands and singing praise and worship. Garbage songs from a garbage junk. And they are taken into, if they haven't had their sins washed away, if they haven't had their being washed by the water of the word before they do praise and worship, you carry sin into the throne room of God. And that cost a priest his life. And if you do that in the church, and you haven't got that little bit of sin taken out, taken care of, that whatever happened the night before, or the day before, you go into the throne room of God, and God would smite you dead if it wasn't for the blood of Christ on the mercy seat. And that's the problem with praise and worship. It's it's wrong, and you're going to buy the farm and bite the bullet if you keep doing it with sin in your heart. It's an abomination. We didn't do it that way in the old church, and it needs to be changed quickly. Brother Alf, the twin brothers went into the church today. They wouldn't even right. recognize it for the church. They would think it's an entertainment center. And I want you to talk about the twin brothers, but before I do, I need to take care of some business right now. Okay. We've got some witches and warlocks tuning in, and right now I'm talking to uh, Rowan Pendragon. Mm-hmm. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ and the authority he has given us, I Amen. bind your strong man and I bind your gatekeeper. In the name of Jesus. And I bind all foul spirits in you right now, and I command them to be caged up in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yay. I apply the in blood the of, of Jesus, Jesus to you right now, and I ask God that you loose the Holy Spirit to pull the scales off of his eyes right now. Amen. Before he ends Hallelujah. up in hell tonight, in Jesus Amen. Christ's name. Amen. Uh, and I, I put the blood of Jesus on Brother Al, myself, on this Amen. network, Hallelujah. on the believers out there, and we bind you, all Jesus. foul spirits. Tuning in right now. That's we right. Amen. You in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. That's right. Hallelujah. Go ahead, brother. Uh, tell the people who the twin brothers were. Well, there were two twin brothers born in uh, 1881. Man, that's a long time ago, Al. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. They were Catholics when they were born. They were born into the Catholic Church, and uh, my great-grandmother decided she would call the J.C. Skipper, John Carroll Skipper, my great-uncle, after John Carroll, the first Catholic archbishop who was born in America. John Carroll's first cousin was Charles Carroll. He signed the Declaration of Independence, the only Catholic signer. My grandfather was Henry Skipper. He was Carroll's brother. The two of them, uh, J.C. Skipper, got saved in Jake Cuppet's revival meeting back in 1914. Uh, In 1914, he got saved. And he heard Jake Cuppet preaching the gospel of Christ. That's back before the Methodists ordained homosexuals. Uh, that was back when they had John, they had still Bible colleges that were using the King James Bible. He got saved, and he started going to the Methodist church. And uh, Brother Cox from Azusa Street came in 1916, and they had a revival, and uh, uh, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And Uncle Carol and Henry, uh, he, Carol went over to see Henry. Henry, I found what we've been looking for for 35 years. What's that? He says, I found Jesus. He said, oh, I know about Jesus, man. He, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the Catholic Jesus. I'm talking about the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus that saved your soul, the Jesus that baptizes you in the Holy Ghost, man. I done found what we've been looking for. And Henry went over and got saved. And the twin brothers went around that county and started seven Pentecostal churches with the King James Bible, a hymn book, 
and the Holy Ghost baptism. They didn't go to Bible college. They prayed and fasted. And I'll tell you what, uh, he had a, J.C. had a barn, a little barn out there called the Glory Barn. And every morning about 5, he'd get up and go out there and pray for about an hour. And he'd come in and eat breakfast and uh, read his Bible. One day he'd come in and it was snowing and snowing and it was snowing about two feet of snow. And the first church was about 500 yards away from his house, or 600 yards, that he'd built in a, in a house. And uh, he come in and said, Nori, I'm going to go to church here, uh, get my breakfast, I'm going over to church. And he said, well, Dad, you can't go over there. It's just snowing, man. Nobody's going to be over there. It's going to be snowing more than two feet. He said, Nori, he said, uh, I had a vision of a little lamb shivering in the cold, a single little lamb shivering in the cold. He said, i got to go to church. So he trudged over to church. He walked in, and here's the town ne'er-do-well in the church. Here he is. Uh, he wasn't the greatest man around. He uh, probably broke every rule there was and drank a lot. And he was there, and J.C. preached to him. He got saved, and he used to have J.C. used to have him up on the platform to testify of how on that snowy morning, J.C. had a vision of a little lamb in the cold, and he went and preached to him. Well, I tell you what, folks. In the year 2000, that was uh, that was probably um, 75 years after after that event. I was at the family reunion up in Garrett County, Maryland. And I told that story at the table there. We were sitting there eating uh, chicken and whatever. And I told about that. And this young lady said, I know who that was. That was my grandfather. My grandfather that morning got saved in the snow because J.C. Skipper had a vision. And he went over and preached to the man. That's how the church used to be, folks. That's just one of the miracles they had. But I knew who that person was. And I talked to his granddaughter. And uh, I talked to J.C.'s daughter. And they said, oh, that was Dick Friend. And Dick Friend got saved and would come up on the platform and testify to his salvation, how the Lord saved him from his life of sin and gotten saved. And if, folks, if we don't get back to that same kind of church, we are going to perish. We are going to flat out perish in camps and concentration camps. I warn you this day, on the 17th day of November in 2010, in the year of our Lord, I'm warning you. God's looking for a holy people, isn't he, Brother Al? That's right. It says, seek ye. It says, seek peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. People, it's uh, time to wake up. We cannot be lukewarm anymore, just like that commercial spot that I ran. We've got to choose this day whom we're going to serve. We've got to get serious about it. We've got to get back to the King James Bible. We've got to get back to the old hymns where they That's still right. talk about the blood of Jesus. That's right. That is the only thing that can wash away our sins. We've got to develop uh, a prayer life. We've got to fast. And uh, if you get woken up at 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, what should a person do, Brother Al? I'll tell you what happened to me, folks. I had to confront my pastor on the 11th day of January of 1986. And on the see, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, the, sixth, the morning of the 6th, that would be Monday, I woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning. What am I awake for? I better get up and pray. So I did. I woke up the next morning. So I got up and prayed again. And the Lord that week confirmed to me that I was right. And I confronted my pastor. And the, the confirmations that week were spectacular. I knew I was on. I knew I was right. The Bible, his Bible was wrong. My Bible was right. His message was wrong. His songs were wrong. And the ones I led in the song service were right. And uh, the Lord woke me up. And after 92, I heard him speak. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I got up to pray. And he said, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. What? 
I heard it again the next day. Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. The third day, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I said, Lord, I know I need to prepare, but I don't have any money. You know, I paid all my bills off, and uh, but I haven't got any money extra, big like that. Then my mama walked in hand to me. He says, Here, you think you ought to buy some stuff? I says, Yeah, mom. Twenty grand. She said, I said, Mom, you keep the money. Here's the list. Buy the stuff. So. Uh, when the Lord wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, especially 3.01, if he wakes you out of there at 3.01, you get yourself out of that bed. In fact, you need to ask him, Lord, I need to pray. You know, the Lord said to Peter, Peter, would you not watch with me one hour? you got 16 hours a day. If you sleep eight hours, you've got 16 hours waking hours. If you tithed on your time, you'd have to have an hour and a six-tenths of, of worship every day of the week to just tithe on your time. Amen. You can tithe on your money a whole lot cheaper than you can tithe on your time. Amen. But I'm telling you, if you don't talk to the Lord, if you don't speak to Him a little bit, how in the world do you ever expect Him to speak to you? You know, I mean, after all, we're the creature, not the Creator. You know, we don't command Him to speak to us. Amen. We need to talk to Him. He's a God of love, of more of, of anything in this world. He's a God of love. That for that mercy, grace, and love, those three attributes, yes. He's a God of judgment and wrath also. And he can get angry. Amen. He can chastise, but it's only because well, he wants thing. to make you... He only, he, only, he only chastises us gently so that we'll go back in the right track and stay on the right path. He chastises them whom he loves, right? That's right. He says, if, if, if what father is that chastises not his son? He says, we're worse than bastards if he doesn't chastise us. You know, he says that in, that's kind of paraphrased by Al Cuppet, but I can find it for you if you want me to find it. I can read it right in about three seconds, but uh, uh, that's Brother Al, we got a question from the chat room. It says, Al talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you ask him how does one be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay, yes, sir. If they're seeking. Yes, ma'am. You get your King James Bible, and you start reading in Acts chapter 2. And you read the whole book of Acts, and especially Acts 18 and verse 19. And he told them, he said, You shall tarry on, until you be endued with power from on high. And there was 120 of them in the upper room. 20 is, 120 is the number for divine probation. There was 120 of them. They tarried for 10 days in the upper room, and the Holy Ghost fell. And they all spoke in an unknown tongue as the Spirit gave them other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? And... Don't you dare be seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost if you're not born again saved. If you try to seek the, a spirit that's, and you're not saved, you'll get the wrong spirit, okay? If you're born again saved, you read in Acts 18, about verse 20, through Acts 19, verse 13, from the two paragraph markers in there, you'll find a paragraph marker. You find out about being baptized, how Paul came and baptized them. They were coming the Holy Ghost. You read about how they spoke in Acts, how they were baptized. And Jesus said, I'm going to go unto my Father. Greater things than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. He will send you the Comforter, who will let you have do greater things than me. Because Jesus was just one guy walking with just his own voice. We now can reach people by the thousands upon thousands over this Internet system through radio. We can do greater things than he can do, than he did, because he goes unto his Father and sends us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, don't get up there like some of our Baptist friends and, and almost blaspheme the Holy Spirit by saying it's from the devil. It's not. The Holy Ghost baptism, he is not from the devil. He says, forbid not to prophesy. And he says, 
I speak in Paul says I speak in tongues more than you all. There's a lot of neat ways for the Holy Spirit to manifest the word of wisdom. I'm sorry, the word of knowledge, the word of of uh, of the word of no, the word of knowledge, and the word of wisdom, and and through tongues interpretation and through prophecy. Amen. And when you have those gifts operating, if you're praying for the Spirit, you're, okay, you start praying. If you read in there and find where it's true in the Bible, first of all, if you don't believe it, you'll never get it, okay? You'll never get the baptism. You've got to read the Bible, and the Holy Spirit will show you that it's in there. My wife was a Baptist. I'm not going to be one of them people. Well, she is. She hadn't got over this church she got involved in, and they, they try to shut everything down you try to tell them to use the King James Bible but anyhow well a lot of churches would say you know the baptism is not for today healing's not for today and uh, pretty much they don't believe anything's for today and you know uh, what a shame that is that they believe that because God's the same yesterday today and tomorrow right. and if you start if you start to pray and they used to have your altar up to the altar praying and trying to make you talk and whatever you'd be praying at your bedside you'd be, you could come where you're laying in bed praying in bed or praying yeah. at your sofa and you'll all of a sudden feel these words coming up right out of it comes right, right where your breastbone is, right where it starts, right just below your 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 Adam's apple, right there where your breastbone is. It starts coming from right there, and it'll be an unknown tongue. The first time you hear it, it'll be a strange language, and it'll come right out, and you'll hear it. You'll hear your voice speaking those words, and you won't know what they say. But you can pray in English, and you'll understand what you're saying. But there's many manifestations in tongues that can do neat things. And one day, after you've been baptized in the Spirit, you might hear the Lord speak to you and say, audibly say, go over there and tell this person this problem they have. Wow. And then you go over yes. and tell them, and they'll, how'd you know, how'd you know? He said, the Holy Spirit told me. And, and they'll fall, they'll, they'll repent of their sins right there because you told them that the, and the first time you get this manifestation, if you have the gift of tongues, it'll scare you at first. If you get the gift of prophecy, it'll come in English. It will come, if you're an English-speaking person, it'll come in English. You'll feel the words coming in English. And just as they get to the end of your tongue, you can, you can get scared and stop them if you want, but don't. Let them come out, and they'll come out, and you'll, you'll speak them. You'll speak them, and you'll feel them come up, and you can see, feel yourself speaking them. And, uh, so, and you will become, it's, it empowers you for service. And, and the word of wisdom, I'm sorry, the word of uh, knowledge and, and uh, the, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation, those are the lesser gifts. The gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the gift of he, gifts of healing, uh, and other things are the more powerful gifts. But you, the Lord will start you, most likely, in the lower gifts. And you read in Second Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14, you can read all about it. And you need to read the New Testament and, and look carefully for these places where the Lord talks about it. He Amen. said, I shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And when they were baptized on the day of Pentecost, there were tongues of fire came down on them. And they heard him speaking. And we hear, our, hear him speaking where we were in the land that, where we were born. The tongue our mother taught us. How is it? Because the Lord undid the Tower of Babel when he gave us the Holy Ghost. He, he confounded the languages in the Tower of Babel. And now he gave us the Holy Ghost. Now he can speak to anybody he wants to. And it, oh, it's spectacular. We could talk for hours, an hour about all this. But anyhow, uh, the neat things that have happened, including one happened to Jerry Golden. <laughs> he had a glorious experience, man. He, he, he wasn't a believer till old farmer on the front row, man. <laughs> the Lord showed, showed Jerry. But there's many miraculous things that the Lord can do with that. And uh, 
So, you know, just pray for the baptism. Just pray and pray and pray. Now, if it doesn't happen, you say, Lord, you say, Lord, what am I doing? What must I do? What am I doing wrong? If you pray and pray and pray and nothing happens, say, Lord, am I doing something wrong? Am I, is there must something I need to get rid of? Show me why, why I can't get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And open your Bible and read and keep praying and reading. And Amen. maybe you fast a couple of meals one day and pray hard. And when you get your spirit up and your flesh down, the Lord will speak to you and tell you. You need to ask him. If it doesn't happen right away, ask him, Lord, why am I not getting baptized? And he'll tell you. He'll show you why. You know. Amen to that. And um, I want to um, share something that happened to me the other night, Brother Al. And for those just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Brother Al Cuppet on tonight. And if you've missed the first part of this show... Uh, it will be up in the MP3 archives within about 15 minutes of the conclusion of tonight's program. Uh, Brother Al speaks a lot about uh, the, the true word of God will speak to you. Right. And, Brother, it spoke to me again the other night. Good. And this is God speaking, folks. Uh, the Bible is the word of God. It's His, his yeah. actual words. The authorized version is. That's right. So uh, the other night, Brother Al, what I did is uh, I remember Dr. Pat Holliday telling me uh, a good thing to do is when you go to bed at night, Get the King James Bible and let it right. play over you as you go to sleep. Yeah. Because when you're sleeping, your spirit man's awake. That's right. And, you know, Satan will try to attack a lot as, we, you know, as we're sleeping. So if you're playing the Word over you, uh, you know, you've got some protection there. Plus, you're, you're actually being fed the Word of God as you sleep. Right. So uh, I let the Word play, and uh, lo and behold, I woke up, and it was playing in Jeremiah 50. Hmm. Which, uh, Jeremiah ooh, 50 ooh, and 51... Ooh. It's about Babylon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talks about America, Babylon. Right. And uh, I said, God, I know what that means. What are you trying to tell me today? Well, I went out and had something to eat. I found this little Chinese restaurant. You can go over for five ninety five, and they bring out soup, egg roll, great food. And I said, you know, I'm just getting out of the, out of the office here. I'm going over to get a bite to eat. I was famished at that point in time. Well, I come back in, and lo and behold, the word's still playing. And, brother, you know where it picked up at? Hmm. <laughs> Ezekiel 33, verses 6. Let me read that to the folks out here tonight. Right. I got my sword out here, the Word of God. It says, Ezekiel 33, 6. But if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will require at the watchman's hand. Right. Brother Al is a watchman of God. Omega Man Radio is, is a watchman ministry. And we're here trying to tell you the, the lateness of the hour, okay, because if we don't tell you the truth, knowing what is coming down to the pike from the enemy, then God will require it in our hands when people perish. Right. That's right. So a lot of the things that we talk about, Brother Al, um, are upsetting to people. But, folks, right. if we don't warn you, then what are you going to be able to do? Yeah. Do about it. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to tell you to wake up. Turn to the right. Lord. Get the King James Bible. Right. Throw out the other uh, junk. Throw out the other junk. Throw out the other Bibles. Don't fool with Greek and Hebrew. Do not fool with Greek and Hebrew. You don't need Greek and Hebrew. I ask you some questions in Greek. You don't understand me, did you? No. You don't understand me because that's Dimiotiki. And if you don't understand that... Can you speak you English? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, the, but you, I just spoke Greek to you. If I, say no Christos, if I say Christos on this day, that don't mean a thing to you. But it means something to a Greek. It means Christ arose. Oh, in English it's good. Jesus arose. Yeah. But it don't do any good in, English, in Greek. So you don't need any Greek from the pulpit. 
none except what's in the King James Bible, like Maranatha and uh, Anathema. You don't need any Greek or Hebrew from the pulpit. You just need the authorized English, authorized version. Bruce, I'm going to have to go pretty quick here. Absolutely. Brother Al, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. Before you go, would you give out your contact information and then pray for those that are listening tonight? Amen. Tell them how they can receive Jesus Christ? Yes, that's right. Folks, um, you can reach me at Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, and I'll make the contact from there. But I don't give my email out. I don't give my phone number out. i, I got to turn the phone off at night. Wife doesn't like it on, wakes her up. People call at night sometimes. Folks, the Bible says you're a sinner, that the wages of sin is death. Jesus says, I give you life and life more abundantly, that we're all sinners. If we repent of our sins, get down on our knees and ask God to forgive us when we start feel those tears coming we're sinners and we know it if you fear the weeping tears come just cry out and say Jesus save me forgive me of my sins oh God save me Lord I forgive I repent of my sins because we're all sinners don't you kid God we're all sinners we're all yeah. sinners and those of us who are saved are saved by grace yes we're saved we're saved we don't plan on sinning anymore but if you do sin a little bit, you have an advocate with the Father, and he'll forgive you if you'll confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you. But you get down and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. My Lord, forgive me. And the Holy Spirit will come and change your life. You'll feel a warm thing come over you. And you'll be, you will be born of the Spirit, and you will be born again saved. And at that point in time, you need to get some counsel real quick and get that King James Bible and start reading and praying. If you run down to some preacher, watch out. You'll be in trouble. You better find out. You know, be careful. Uh, you write Omega Man or write me a letter, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll try to fellowship with you or something. But uh, things are desperate right now, folks. There ain't much out there to go with. You're gonna if you get saved, somebody's gonna have to feed you real fast, one way or another. Feed you spiritually and might feed you physically if you're gonna make it. That's how that's how close we are to catastrophe. So you need to be praying. And Father, I'm gonna pray for you, oh, Father. I pray right now for those that are listening, those yes, that, are, that have tuned in tonight. If they're unsaved, that you might touch their hearts. Reach down and touch them. Holy Spirit of the living God, reach down and touch their hearts with the balm of Gilead. Let them cry upon their bed right there or on their sofa, wherever they are. Cry out in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, save my soul. Save my soul. Take away my sins. Give me a home in heaven, Lord, and help me out tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, and the next day. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Brother Al, God bless you. And God, I ask that you would put a wall of protection of the Holy Spirit and warrior angels around Brother Al, his wife, and his family. We lift up his amen. son, Donald. Amen. Amen. We pray right now, Father God, that you would heal his eyes in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Amen, Lord. And we amen. thank you, Brother Al, for amen. coming on tonight. God bless you, and I'll have you on again real soon. Roger that. Bye-bye. Shalom. Folks, that was uh, Brother Al Cuppet, um, good friend. Praise God for him. Let me just uh, say in the remaining time that we've got, um, you could know every detail about the New World Order. You could know who all its players are. You could even be privy to what its uh, next moves are going to be. But even if you knew all the detail, who all the people are, everything that they're going to do or attempt to do, remember, God is still in control, and nothing that happens is any surprise to him. Satan can only go so far. What did it profit you or I to know that and not know his son, Jesus Christ? Because, look, sooner or later, all of us are going to step out of this body. And life is like a vapor. We're here just for a brief moment in time. Some of us, less time than others. 
you know, if you live to be a ripe old age, what do you got? You got a you got a couple decades, and then it's over with. Okay, and what's coming on this planet? Why we're are shouting and sounding the alarm so vociferously in these programs that we're doing is to tell you that the the time is very short for you to make a decision for Christ if you don't know him as your personal Savior. What does it profit you to know all the detail of the conspiracy that uh, is a real conspiracy, incidentally, and all the plans of the New World Order if, knowing that, you don't know Jesus Christ, and when you leave your body, your spirit leaves the body, it says you're to be present before God, and then the judgment. What I'm saying to you folks, if we don't know Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what we know about all that we're talking about or how much money we made or uh, all the material things that maybe we have accumulated here on this earth. You leave, you go, come, you come naked, you're going to leave naked, okay? And then the judgment comes. What is for certain, we are all going to spend somewhere in eternity. We're going to spend uh, eternity with Jesus Christ and the Father, or we're going to spend an eternity in a a hell, a lake of fire created for Satan and his angels. And so um, the time is short for us to make a decision. Uh, the time is short for us to get real serious, because here's what's going to happen. It says God sends judgment first on the house. It says judgment comes first to the house of God. Let me get it right. And it says if the... Excuse me, I had a fire truck going by. If the righteous are scarcely saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Yeah, I just heard a fire truck running down the uh, the road in front of the office. Someone may have slipped over into eternity, been burned alive in a house. It happens every minute, folks. People are dying every second somewhere in this world. And their time's up. Okay? Their time is up. And our time will be up sooner or later. We had better know Jesus Christ because that's the only hope that we have. And it's very important to make a decision because what God is going to do is he's going to cause everybody to make a decision. You cannot straddle the fence forever. He says, Jesus said, I would rather you be hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. God is sifting the saints right now. He's shaking up the church. He's shaking up this world right now, okay? Earthquakes, volcanoes, economic collapse, plagues. You know, we had the Chinese sub surface off of California. It could have been all she wrote for California had they lobbed that with a nuclear-tipped warhead. Now, folks, that day is coming. Dimitri Dudeman saw it. God sent him to America in the late 80s, to warn America of, of judgment that's coming. And the places that were shown to him that were going to be judged were basically, in God's eyes, modern-day Sodom and Gomorrahs. God took out Sodom and Gomorrah for its wickedness, its homosexuality, its abortions, persecution of the innocent. Okay, and uh, if he did not judge America and the other nations around this world who were doing the same thing, he would have to repent to them. And so uh, Dimitri Dudeman saw California. All of California was wiped out. It's gone. Vegas was gone. Florida was gone. New York City, taken out. Uh, you can read more about these prophecies over at handofhelp.com. His grandson, Michael Boldea, whom we had on a few weeks ago, continues to preach the truth. 
the warning for America. But not only him, many others have seen it. A.A. A. Allen saw it. He saw the Statue of Liberty fall. You know, America was once a, a golden cup in God's hands. You know, we were responsible for preaching the gospel to the world. Okay? We, protect, we protected the Jewish people whom God loves. And we had favor. Until we kicked God out of the schools, we started to abort our children. Okay, we allowed uh, Hindu temples, Muslim mosques, to be set up all across this land. They've got one here in my own state, where I live now in Georgia, one of the largest Buddhist temples in the country. They've got one down in Texas. They've got mosques going up all over. My point is, is uh, A.A. A. Allen saw it. David Wilkerson saw it. He wrote a book about it called Set the Trumpet to Thy Mouth. He saw the nukes take out New York City. It was gone in a blast. Jonathan Hansen, World Ministries International, saw seven locations, D.C., L.A., New Orleans, Florida, Chicago, some of these same locations. You can go check the Prophecy Out for America, worldministries.org. Go over there and click on it. He's a, a true prophet. My point is, as he saw it, God said uh, it was going to be America was going to be hit nuclear biological chemical attack. We had 50 nukes go offline about 2 weeks ago. Do you remember that? In fact, one of his prophecies is there'll be a nuclear incident in Casper, Wyoming. How interesting. And that's Wyoming was where the 50 uh, nukes went offline. Now, I don't believe that was the fulfillment of that prophecy. I believe it's coming. But God speaks once, twice, three times, yet man comprehendeth it not. You know, God is speaking to us all, but we're not tuned in. We can't hear his warnings. And if we can't hear, we better get into his word and start praying, start fasting. Because time is short. And uh, I don't believe the nation will be saved ultimately. We are praying on Sunday nights at uh, 8 p.m. Dr. Pat Holliday, the School of International Intercessory Warfare and Prayer. That's a long name. <laughs> I might have to shorten that. But that's what it is. It's an international time of getting together around this globe and praying together in the corporate body. Men and women of God. Interceding for our families, our children, our schools, our cities, our states, our leaders. Doing spiritual warfare. One man or one woman praying using the keys of the kingdom that Jesus Christ gave us as believers, can make a big difference. What do, what do you do? You bind and cage these foul spirits, these demons, and people, just like we cage the foul spirit in Pendragon that I saw in the listener section. We have a lot of witches and warlocks that tune in, and we want them to be saved. We've had many already come to Christ because they've been deceived. And they think that uh, Satan is uh, is all-powerful. Folks, he's... He's already lost the battle, lost it 2,000 years ago at Calvary. And he's not beautiful anymore. He's a fallen, ugly creature. You know, the word says that one day all the nations will see him and will say, is this the man that deceived the nations? Folks, he's already been beaten. And he doesn't want you and I to grasp this reality that greater is he that is in thee, Jesus Christ, than he that is in the world. And Jesus has given you and I, as believers, authority over these foul spirits, these demons which are trying to uh, kill you. They're certainly trying to steal your joy, your finances, your family members, your life. 
And they wanted to see you and I destroy. That's what Satan's modus operandi is, to kill, steal, and destroy. But it says, if you resist the devil, he shall flee. And more than just waiting and defending yourself, okay, as the attacks are launched against you and I, we need to take the initiative for once. We need to get out there, okay, and we need to start striking some death blows to the head of the serpent. That's what we're trying to do with these programs. We've got the School of Deliverance Saturday night at 8 p.m. Dr. Pat Holliday is teaching the people who want to awake and you know, and start becoming overcomers of what spiritual warfare is, how to do spiritual self-defense, how to launch attacks in the spirit. What we do, we bind and cage these foul spirits. We were praying, and look what happened at the G20. It was a total disaster. You pray confusion on the enemy. You put... You put tents over these witches' covens. You command all their foul spirits operating through the witches and warlocks to engage in civil war. It says a house divided against itself cannot stand. That's what we do. We take authority over them. We command them to attack the strong men, working through them. Okay? We ask God to lose blindness and confusion on these foul spirits. And they disintegrate is what happens. Their house of their house of cards collapses. Okay, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthen us, strengthens us. We live beneath our privileges, people. The pe- my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. That's what the Word says. People do not understand the authority they have in Jesus Christ, and that's what we're trying to reawaken. Because one-third of Jesus Christ's ministry has been stamped out of the mainstream church by demonized men and women behind the pulpits calling themselves pastors. Folks, I would say 9 out of 10 were never called. And you shall know them by their fruits. What are they preaching about? Are they preaching about the blood of Jesus? Are they preaching about get ready? Because hard times are coming and we're going to need to endure till the end? Folks, the last time I read the Word of God, the Word of God was clear to me. It says, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Is a servant greater than the master? Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Okay, We have already been bought and paid for as Christians. Therefore, do we not owe Jesus Christ everything? Should we not be out there doing his work? And what does he call us to do? He's called us to go out there, preach the gospel, cast out demons, lay hands on the sick that they'll recover, that's what he's called us to do. And as Brother Al said, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, got a question here. Uh, what is Al Cuppet's show page on TalkShoe? I'm not certain, but i tell you what you can do. If you go to OmegaManRadio.com and look at the link section at the bottom, I've got a link that goes right to his uh, show page, Freedom Fighters uh, USA. Uh, look at my link, and that will take you right there. I believe it gives a talk show link over there. And uh, if you enjoyed Brother Al, let him know tonight. We'll get him back on. But my point I'm trying to make here, people, is time is short, okay, for us to make a decision for Christ, okay? And then once you've decided that, the next logical question is, what do you do with the time remaining, okay? What we are to do is, again, we're to preach the gospel because people are going to perish, my friends. And I'm just talking about the uh, the people who don't know about Christ or who reject him now. Listen, there's going to be masses in the 
mainstream church that call themselves Christians now. They'll be part of the great falling away. It won't be good to be included in that part because chances are they don't come back. I'm talking about eternity. People are going to fall away. And what is it talking about there? It says people are offended because of the persecution that will come for calling yourself a Christian in these last days. Persecution is coming, just as it came on all the disciples. We forget that uh, the first century church, they had to go underground at various and sundry times. They were rounding Christians up, and back then they were feeding them to the lions. Okay? They were delivering them up and scourging them. They were committing them to prison. They were calling them terrorists to the Roman Empire back then. Same way in this end-time scenario. Satan is going to be angry because he's going to be cast out of heaven. Right now, he's still got access to the throne room. I mean, he's up there close enough that he can... It says he's the accuser of the brethren. Satan is not in hell right now like uh, Hollywood would uh, portray him. He, he no more wants to be there than the man of the moon. Okay? There is a time coming, though, where he is cast down. He'll know his time is short, and he goes into an all-out rage. Okay, and that time is real close at hand. Okay, and what he's going to do is going to wage war on the church, on the saints. Folks, we don't get out of here on a first-class ticket to heaven without enduring some persecution. If we get out of here earlier, then the last trump will praise God. But the Bible I have says uh, many are going to fall away. They're going to be offended because of the persecution that comes. And I've looked high and low. What do I need to do to endure till the end? Well, I see a couple uh, scenarios for those of us living in the end time, and I believe that's uh, you that I'm talking to, including me right now. Okay, in this last day, you can fall away. If you deny Christ, it's over with for you. Jesus says, he that denies me before men, I will deny him before my Father, who is in heaven. If you fall away and you deny Christ because of the persecution, you take the mark of the beast, and you say, you know what? I'm not going to jail. I, I deny Christ right now. I'm not going to lay my life down on the line if it comes down to it. You deny Christ, it's a one-way ticket to hell, folks. He'll deny you before the Father when you stand before God. Um, the other option is you can uh, say, you know what? I'm going to fight this with the arm of the flesh. I'm going to pick up my M16. I'm going to fight this new world order. Folks, I'm here to tell you that this is not World War II. It's not Vietnam. It's not Korea. It's not even the American Civil War. God is going to send our enemies on this country as his tool of judgment. He's done it all out throughout time. There's a great movie out there. It's called Jeremiah. It's over on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, uh, I also saw it up on YouTube the other day. It's broken into like 10 parts. And why I'm mentioning that is that uh, paints a pretty good picture of the way I believe it's going to go down here in America. You know, ancient Israel sinned. They rejected God. They would not repent. Just like uh, America today. And what God did is he sent the prophets that warned them. And they still didn't listen. He sends Jeremiah. 
And Jeremiah says that God has you know, weighed you in the balances and found you lacking. You're going to go into captivity, and I'm going to use your very enemies. It's my sword of judgment against the land of Israel. He sent Nebuchadnezzar, laid siege around Jerusalem. And again, Nebuchadnezzar was sent by God to carry out judgment. And, Jer- and Jeremiah basically said, look, you're going to go into captivity. When the um, land is laid sieged to, don't pick up the sword and go fight. Because this is God himself that has sent this against you. And if you do that, you're going to be found to be fighting against God himself. You will go into captivity, but I will bring you out of it. They believed a false report. Believed a false prophet that said in two years we're going to have victory. And the uh, the king of Israel, uh, uh, the king of uh, Jerusalem there, the last thing he ever saw before he had his eyes poked out by Nebuchadnezzar, and he was cast into prison to spend his last days on this planet, was his family lined up in front of him and slaughtered. Everything that the prophet Jeremiah said came to pass. And God is going to send enemies of this land to surround us, and there's going to be a Red Dawn invasion. Dimitri Dudeman saw it. He said there's going to be a civil war, which we talked about last night when Steve Quell was on the program. And when this country is busy, the government is busy trying to deal with the internal unrest. Whatever the trigger effect is, I don't know what it's going to be. But what I'm saying here is while the, the government is busy trying to put down these riots, they'll call martial law, of course. That's the way it usually goes. What's going to happen is the Russian Spetsnaz troops who are already here in this country, are going to sabotage our nuclear power plants. Then we're going to have a Red Dawn invasion up through Mexico, Cuba, Mexico, Nicaragua, Central America, coming right up the southern border. Chinese, Russian soldiers. Interesting that they just did a, a remake of Red Dawn after 25 years. And if you go over to the IMDB database, look at the premise of the movie. Chinese invasion. Folks, uh, China, Russia, they have subs. They've been spotted a number of times off of our coast. Henry Gruber's vision, Russia attacks, saw the actual subs. He saw in the spirit them surface. They lobbed their missiles. By the time the alert went out, it was too late. We were taken out. Others have had visions of foreign troops in America. I don't know how long all this is going to play out, it could go very rapidly. I do know the word says, if God didn't shorten the days, no man's flesh would be saved. But I can tell you here that they have a nefarious plan for you and I that call ourselves Christians, patriots, or Jews. The New World Order hates us. And if you go all the way up to the top, it's Satan. Same player, just a different day. The only hope any of us have is Jesus Christ. So, for those of you that think that you're going to fight and be able to hold back the New World Order that God's going to allow as his tool of judgment on this backslidden nation, you got another thing coming. It says, he that liveth by the sword will die by the sword. You don't want to go that way. God will weed out rebellion in the church. I'm not saying that you have to be slaughtered. I'm not saying right now you don't have Second Amendment rights to protect yourself. I protect myself, believe me. And I believe there's a period of time when the riots break out and there's going to be Mad Max to the 10th degree for a while. You have a right to protect yourself. 
it's your responsibility to protect the women folk, your children, from people who would break into your house, rape and steal. If someone breaks into my house, I didn't ask them to do that. Okay, life is cheap to many people. In some of these other countries, you can pay $2 and have someone whacked. That's a mentality. They're demonized men and women running around this country that have no regard for human life. All the answer to is direct force. So if someone breaks into your house, you have a right to protect yourself. Blow them away. They're coming to take your life. But what I'm talking about is the New World Order. When a armored personnel carrier or the Marines show up at your front door, and there's been an executive order outlawing your Second Amendment right, that's a different scenario here. You cannot, you cannot uh, prevail in that case. Folks, uh, they're planning to carpet bomb areas of the Northwest. They've got predators that have been flying over for many years at 10,000 feet. They know, what, they know what we've got, where it's buried. Okay, my point is, is um, there's a time coming where you won't be able to use the sword to defend yourself. You're only going to be able to use the sword of the Spirit. To do so will get you killed. They wanted to rise up and, and lead a revolt in Jesus' time, and he didn't come for that. Okay, he didn't call us to do that. We're supposed to be citizens of heaven. I love America as, as much as the next guy. I spent six and a half years working with some of the greatest men and women that this nation has ever had. It was the U.S. Army, just as Brother Al has. But what I'm telling you is um, the scenario I'm trying to paint here is one that uh, you're not going to get get out of it uh, trying to pick up the sword and fight it in the flesh. It says, go not down to Egypt. Trust not in horses and chariots. We've got to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The key to making it out of here is called the patience and the faith of the saints. We've got to remain patient in the midst of the persecution that's coming. Why are we preaching the truth and trying to tell you? People say, well, I don't want to hear it. I had a brother one time told me that. I tried to warn him about what was coming. He says, you know what? I really am not interested. Ignorance is bliss. And he went back to sleep. I've got several brothers. Um, my point I'm trying to make here is that's the way a lot of people, their heads are these days. They say, you know, I just don't want to hear about it. Let me just go back to watching American Idol football game. I'm here to tell you that uh, burying our heads in the sand this hour will get you killed. Because it's going to come. There's not anything we can do to stop it. We might be able to delay it. I'm still holding out hope that maybe getting together and pray, prayer, maybe God will hold it back. I just don't know. For the last... Uh, Probably 24 hours, I've been seeing nothing but 911. I saw it last night when we were doing the Steve Quell show. I woke up this morning. I stayed up pretty late. I stayed up until the wee hours in the morning. I got woken real early, got up, and I was on the phone this morning. Then I looked at the clock later, and it said 9-11. Tonight we're doing the show 9-11. Folks, that's a, that's a warning message. That's like a red alert. I, I have to believe that. I believe God is saying, sound the alarm. Trouble is at the door. The reason we're telling you all this is not to scare you. Because, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. All you need to do is fear God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We need to fear God in this hour because we're all going to slip out of this body sooner or later. Where are we going to spend eternity? 
this little amount of time down here doesn't mean anything in comparison with eternity. We better be ready to meet Christ because there's any number of scenarios that can take you out. Nuclear attack, biological attack, chemical attack. Death from the skies, the chemtrails. We'll be having uh, Anthony Hilder on Friday night at 11 p.m. talking about that. It's called mega murder. What they're doing with these toxic chemicals that they've been spraying over this country for decades. They've been poisoning our water supply. Fattening us up for the kill with uh, high fructose corn syrup. Turning people into diabetics. MSG, neurotoxins, excitotoxins. And on and on I could go for hours. Poisoning us with fluoride in the water. Drugging our children. I mean, it's sad. You could just step out and get hit by a car. I mean, nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. All we've got is right now. That's why today is a day of salvation. So the reason I'm trying to sound the alarm here is that things are accelerating very quickly. And uh, we need to decide whom we're going to serve because we may not have tomorrow to decide that. The other thing I'm trying to drive home is that persecution is coming. That's why there's a great falling away, because of the persecution. And many of us out there in the mainstream church have not been told the truth. And when this stuff comes on, it's going to be like a thief in the night. It wasn't talking about the rapture. A thief in the night. I mean, um, it's going to come on you so suddenly that because we were not alerted to this and we were not awake and watching and praying... Jesus said several times, can you not pray with me for an hour? He warned, he said, you know, what, can you watch and pray? He said it three times at least that I counted. Watch and pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. See the sign of the Son of Man. There are going to be those that are going to endure to the end and see Jesus Christ break through those clouds. There are going to be some that uh, go into captivity. Just like they uh, broke the story. You know, we've known about it for a long time, but they put it on uh, national TV with True TV with Jesse Ventura and Alex Jones. The 72 fusion centers in this country. The concentration camps. It's like Hotel California. You go in, you don't come out. You won't go into the Superdome and come out seven days later. You won't get out of these most of the time. That's why they have the, uh, the barbed wire fence facing in. They want to keep people in. That's the goal. Forced relocation. Rob you of your bank accounts, your ability to sustain life. You have to get into these food lines, okay, to get your uh, daily food ration. They want us in tent cities, folks. The New World Order must take out America. to promote their agenda of one-world government. America is the last vestige of freedom. We're still a nation that uh, is armed. That was for a reason. But uh, what's sad is that uh, we were a cup cup in God's hand. And, uh, you know, now we've got judgment pouring out on this land. Because we've allowed wicked men and wicked women to get into leadership. We've aborted 40 to 50 million children. Their blood has went down the drains. Just like uh, 
Abel's blood cried out to God when it uh, drained into the earth. We've kicked God out of the schools. We've kicked him out of the courtrooms. Judge Roy Moore was booted out. We've got gays in the military. We've castrated our military. We've taken the ability to protect ourselves away. Obama says that we must uh, absorb the first strike. And I'm not um, saying it's all Obama's fault. It was Clinton before him, George Bush Sr., George Bush Jr. They murdered JFK, which was trying to get us back on the uh, the gold and silver standard. We've got a we've got a fiat currency that's worthless right now. Now the world knows it. Our economic system is collapsing right before our eyes. We've got people contacting us, which have been booted out on the street. They're living in RVs, folks. They've stolen everything that we've worked for. They've stolen this country from us while we slept. We've got people living under bridges out there. They don't know where the next mill is going to come from. We've got people graduating from college with a degree, and all they can get is a job at uh, Starbucks. I ran into a guy the other day. He spent a lot of money to go through school, and he's at a Starbucks. I met a lady at a Waffle House the other day. Working her butt off to make $2.50 an hour as a waitress. And her and her husband and the two kids are living in a Salvation Army shelter. That's the future of America. Everything's made in China. And if we piss off China, they say, hey, that's fine. We won't ship you any goods. Then we've got nothing here. Japan and China got into a little pissing match few weeks ago, and what did they do? China says, that's fine. We'll send you no more rare metals that you need to make your computer components. Because what has China, Russia, and India been doing? They've been buying up all the gold and silver they can get their hands on and taking the dollars that we've been sending over by the container loads to buy all these crappy-made Chinese goods. You buy something and it breaks down three months later. And they're taking the hard currency, and they're buying up uh, mineral rights. We've been sold into slavery, folks. Well, nothing we can do to turn that back. I don't really believe. I believe judgment is going to fall in this land. But what we can do is we can see a few more people plucked out of the fire. If we'll wake up and turn to Christ and pray... Even if the spirit leaves a body, well, it's a quick way to glory. I mean, who knows? Maybe God can uh, give us some more time. He gave Nineveh another 40 years. I just don't know. Do we quit? No, absolutely not. There are souls at stake. How many of us have lost loved ones in our family? How many will fall away when persecution comes? So what do you do? You warn people. You say, be ready to endure till the end. You may have to lose your head for Christ. Some of us will go into concentration camps. He that is mid in the captivity, in the captivity he shall go. There's others that will endure till the end. Clearly. Only God knows uh, which way we're going to uh, end this all. But all I can tell you is if you'll keep the faith, my grandmother says the faith will keep you, and um, if you have to be a martyr, well, 
there's a special crown for you. We don't need to fear him who can kill your body. We need to fear him who can kill your body and after that the soul and throw you into the lake of fire. We need to fear God. The only fighting chance we have is to sound the alarm, wake up our family and friends, and get into the game, okay? My thinking is the people that endure till the end are probably those that are doing something for Christ, not those that are just warming a church pew. I mean, I don't know how many more times I can say it. We're not doing God a service if that's all we're doing. He's called us to feed the poor. He says, he that lends to the poor is lent to me, and I shall repay. He's called us to help the widows. And speaking of widows, uh, you need to help Dr. Pat Holiday of Miracle Internet Church. I want to say out to her right now, happy birthday, Dr. Pat. Her birthday is this week. You know, she's one of the few ladies out there that is sounding the alarm and and giving people tools that they can use to launch a uh, attack back on the enemy. Why do we always have to be on the defense? We should be taking the offense against these foul spirits. God wants us to get in the game, and maybe there's only 300 of us, like in Gideon's time. Okay, but look at what they were able to do. And if I've got to go out, I would much rather go out having cast out a million demons than spend my last couple days trying to witness to someone in the concentration camp. Folks, when you go to the concentration camps, it's over with. Ask Benjamin Brook, who was put down in the concentration camp. His wife was taken off into the ladies' line. His kids were snatched away, and then he had seven days, and then he lost his head. God hasn't called us to witness in the concentration camps. It's too late once you get there. We should be doing something right now. We should be preaching the, the gospel. We should be casting out demons. We should be laying hands on the sick in Jesus' name. And it says, in the end time, my people shall do exploits. I want to be in the, the company of those that are doing exploits, don't you? I mean, I want to go out my prayer all the time is, God, use me as a mighty weapon to strike the biggest death blow to Satan that I can possibly do as a man in this hour that I'm living in. And that should be your prayer, too. Ask God, God, what would you have me to do? I've only got one life. How can I make the greatest sacrifice for you and give you everything? Because uh, the more we do, folks, the greater reward you're going to have in heaven. That's my prayer. I want to go out with a bang. My goal is not to take shelter up in a cave and try to survive on some beans. I want to be in the battle. You know, as Demetri Dudeman said, you know, you, you can go through the fire without burning. If you're really doing a mission for the Lord, and he's got something for you to accomplish, there could be a new go off the, down the street. He can preserve you. There'll be some that I'm, uh, David Ells believes that will go into the concentration camps and witness and then come out. My grandmother had a vision. She was in the concentration camp. Now, she's a 78-year-old prophetess. Had a dream. She was in the concentration camp. She described it for me. And um guy came up, said, follow me, and they went right out the door. What I'm trying to tell you, we don't need to fear man. We don't need to fear the New World Order, the concentration camps, the guillotines. 
you know, I got some work to do. So do you. Let's get busy about the Lord's business. Okay, let's put Satan on the run. Let's make him cower and fear and run every time he sees us coming down the road. Praise God. He'll do that if uh, the Lord's working in your life. You know, we've been we've been given authority over these foul spirits. Let's dispatch a few of them on our way out. That's why we talk about casting out demons, because that's our authority in Jesus Christ. I give you the keys to the kingdom. He gave us the, the keys to, to everything. It's called binding and loosing, and that's what we teach. Dr. Pat Holliday in the School of Deliverance every Saturday night at 8 p.m. You need to be tuning in. Tune off the TVs and tune in these programs and get into the Word of God every day and ask God to give you dreams and visions and speak to you out of His Word to reveal to you what you need to do, where you need to position yourself at this time. And I'll tell you something. um, If God has called you to do something and you're willing to be obedient, He will give you the resources to carry it out. I'll never forget the time I was in Costa Rica. I had lost my income. I married to a girl that I had no visa to bring back to the States. And I said, God, I, I really need to go back to work. Uh, but I can't even get back into the country with my wife, or I'll have to leave her. I don't have a visa for her. What am I going to do? And so I said, I'm going to make my take my best shot, and I'm going to you know start my Internet business up. And it wasn't producing anything back then. And then I got the fateful call one day. My grandmother called me, and she says, uh, Remember this warning I'd given you about six months ago? Well, God called me and told me to tell you again. Get your bags packed. You're getting ready to move. Pills of fire. And I've shared this to some of you before. I was sitting in Costa Rica in 2004, and God spoke, gave a word of pills of fire. And I'm living in Costa Rica amongst 120 volcanoes that uh, dot that country. If any one of them uh, really blows its cork, There'd be no way to get out of there. It'd be like Pompeii. And they said, God, are you trying to warn me that uh, I'm in danger of a volcanic eruption? I said, if so, I don't want to be around and, you know, them find my body a thousand years from now, like they do in Pompeii now. I said, uh, I'll do what you want me to do. But I said, God, I need a word. I need a, I need a confirmation. How do I know that my grandmother didn't miss it? You tell me I need to have my bags packed. I'm getting ready to move. And then secondly, God, I have no resources to do it. I mean, I repeat, I was without a job at the time. And uh, I said, but God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Within 48 hours, I'm watching CNN. Mount St. Helens erupted. Colima volcano erupted. This was back uh, around October 2004, if I recall. September, October. God... God confirmed that he he had spoken. I was getting ready to move. Of course, I thought the volcano was getting ready to erupt in uh, Costa Rica, and that's why he was warning me. But no, he had other plans. I said, well, God, I'll move, but uh, here's the other problem. I have no money. I've got furniture, and I've got a vehicle, but I'd have to sell it. And I knew some people that uh, were trying to get out of Costa Rica back then. They had sold everything. They were down. They needed to sell their vehicle, and they'd been on the market six weeks. They still couldn't sell it. I said, God, if they couldn't sell it, how am I going to do it? But I stepped out in faith. I put everything up in the newspaper, and within 72 hours, I had sold everything, including my forerunner. If you're willing to obey God in whatever he's called you to do, he will make a way. You might not have a dime to your name right now, and God is telling you you need to move, or he wants you to prepare in some way. Well, you go to God and say, well, God, if that's what you want me to do, then 
I'll do it. You're going to have to make a way, though. I got to the point, I said, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And boom, 72 hours, sold everything. We had enough money now. The question was, where was I going to go? I, I'm married to a Colombian, and uh, they're persona non grata, okay, because of the drug trade. So where do you go married to a Colombian wife? Well, the only place I knew I could go was Colombia. And here is a country that uh, they'll kidnap you for $10,000 over there. They call it micro-napping. So I said, oh, my goodness. Now, jump out of the frying pan into the fire. I'll go over there. They'll probably kidnap me, and I'll be uh, somewhere over there in the uh, Colombian jungle with a fark. And my family doesn't really have any money, so they'll just have to leave me over there. <laughs> but uh, listen, God had a plan. I, I had to be willing to obey. He made the way. We got out, went to Colombia. And it was a test to see if I would obey the Lord. I had friends that said, you're crazy. What do you mean you're going to move here? Volcano, you've lost your mind. I said, folks, you do what you want to do. I'm just warning you. When God speaks, you, what option do you have but to obey? Otherwise, you're a rebellious child. So I uh, went over to uh, Columbia. I was there four months, and uh, God totally turned my life around. That's another story. Uh, he ended up giving me a business at that time that had sustained me for many years after that. And um, what was an impossible situation, in my eyes, you know, it was a test. And, and God specializes in, in the impossible. we just got to be willing to obey Him. So back to my point, um, you know, many of us are in the same financial situation right now. We're living day by day. We say, God, uh, everything's collapsing. What do I do? Folks, I don't know what, where everybody is supposed to be God may have a, you go one geographical location and me in the next. Uh, I will tell you that the general rule of thumb is get out of the major cities because when the collapse comes, they're going to be shut down in a matter of three hours. You won't be able to get out if you wanted to. And then you'll need special permission to even go state to state, you know, interstate. So if you can get out of the country, get into the country area, that's a, that's a good bet. But uh, pray. I think people need to put back uh, some food. You need to have a way to filter water. And uh, if you've got any money left, you certainly want to get it out of the bank. When the freeze comes, you're not going to be able to touch it. Not to mention, even if you have it, it can be devaluated overnight. Uh, do I believe a person should invest in precious metals? Absolutely. If you can do that, uh, put some money in the metals. I can tell you when I had money before, I did do that, and I made some money, and I was able to you know, um, take it and turn around and convert it when I needed to pay off some bills. Now I'm back down like many people, you know, believing the Lord day to day. But uh, where there's a will, there's a way. And where there's breath, there's hope, as my dad said. Uh, if we trust in God, we cannot go wrong. He will make a way. As Brother Al said, he felt led to get some food. He had no money. Then the money came in. They bought the food. You know, you do what you can do. Ultimately, any provision you can make in the flesh will run out ultimately. And if you're able to put back some food, well, it can be a great witnessing tool. You know, It does say any man that does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel. I can tell you the government is not going to provide for you and I. If we don't do it, the government's certainly not going to do it. Or if they do, it'll be um, according to what they tell you to do and their rules, and you'll end up in a, a concentration camp in a tent city. So, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good smart thing to put back some food. Joseph did it, saved his family as a result. Noah did it. Only eight were saved. Sometimes God says, walk, leave, don't look back. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Um, if you have more resources, help the poor. 
There's no better investment you can make than that. He that lends to God, poor is lent to God. God will repay. Help the widows. Help the orphans. Bless Israel. Okay? Get involved in the deliverance ministry. It's one of the few ministries that you can get in that you're going to see a real return. Uh, speaking of that, I want to read a, a quick testimony. We've got about nine minutes remaining. For those of you who say, hey, I agree with what you're saying, I, but, uh, you know, my church doesn't preach the truth. Where can, what can I do? Go to MiracleInternetChurch.com. That is your home away from home, folks. There's a ton of material up there. Also, PetHoliday.com. The videos, audios. Okay, there's a community. We're trying to uh, build a community here online. And, uh, and then ask God, you know, where he would have you to be. If you're not learning in, your, in the church you're in and it's dead, then get the heck out of there. Join us every Saturday night at 8 p.m., Sunday night at uh, 8 p.m., School of Deliverance and Intercessory Prayer. If you need prayer, you can call in. We see fruit almost every broadcast. We lead people to Christ. We cast out demons in Jesus' name. And you have the right to be delivered of these foul spirits as a Christian. That's one of the fringe benefits. You don't have to be tormented. You can have peace, and you can become an over overcomer. And we pray for physical healing in Jesus' name. And it's not us that does it. It's Jesus Christ. Let me read a testimony. This is from Brother Darren Alfier in Frisco, Texas. He says, Shannon, last night I listened to your latest show with Dr. Pat. He says, I have five kids, and the youngest is two. My free time right now, uh, only free time is during the day. He says, you know, I pray for you and Pat, and I just wanted you to know that I sold a piece of property that I own with five other people. It sold shortly after Pat and you prayed for me. I should get paid this week. I did send you a check, and I was able uh, to use my debit card for Pat's website. He says, God is good all the time. Shannon, I have owned this property for nine years, and I've been desperately trying to sell it for four years. You know, God knows our needs, but sometimes we don't trust him completely. You and Pat are doing a great job. He says, I've learned so much, and... The gates of hell will be torn down one person at a time. Give God all the glory. Luke 6.38. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall man give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet out, it shall be measured to you again. He says, I still need a job, but the Lord is providing and knows when it will come. Please forward this to Dr. Pat and tell her how much I appreciate you both. Brother Darren um, supported us, and we were able to get on WWCR. Folks, this is a uh, a good ministry to get involved with, the deliverance ministry. Support Dr. Pat Holiday and Miracle Internet Church. Support America Mega Man Radio. Uh, anything you give, it'll go towards the ministry. Um, what we're looking to do right now is get on World Harvest Network. I talked to them today in LaCie Broadcasting, uh, Lester Summerall's network. And uh, they go out around the, wor- the United States on shortwave. That's uh, Rick Wiles, True News. He's been broadcasting over there for 10 years. They've seen great success with it. Now, we're trying to reach men and women for Christ that uh, don't use the Internet, for example, or who know that the Internet are going down. Well, there's a ton of people on shortwave. That's one of our goals right now. Uh, There's an opportunity to get to 8 p.m.s over there on uh, World Harvest Network and uh, pray about it. If if God moves on your heart to to give, then get in contact with me. Uh, we're going up on American Voice Radio Network beginning next week. We've got a five-day slot there uh, at 8 p.m. on AVR2, Monday through Friday. We're on uh, Blog Talk Radio almost every night. We're also on WWCR on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. God has given some real favor. And it's uh, it's people like Darren 
and many others out there who have uh, stepped forward uh, to partner with us because outside of that, folks, we couldn't do it. And time is short. We're trying to reach a few more people for Christ. And, um, you know, what we're going to do, we need to do now because it says night comes and no man can work. That's what it's about, folks. Um, so if you have a burden for this ministry, uh, get involved with it. Support the deliverance ministry. Nobody else does. You know, because what we're preaching is not a, a popular gospel. And, you know, the demons, <laughs> they don't like what we're preaching because when Jesus Christ sets the captives free, these demons, which have had people bound up, tied up, depressed, ready to commit suicide, some have already died, killed themselves through drugs, alcohol, blown up their souls, as Pastor Michael Thera said, fragmented their souls and minds. And You know, Satan has got men asleep, held captive, walking zombies, the walking dead. And unless God has mercy, or a believer goes out there, unless a believer goes out there and, and wakes somebody up with the truth, then many of these people don't have any hope. They're being set up for the great falling away because persecution will come. And uh, what will you do when it knocks at your door? That's what we're trying to do. Tell people, get ready. Hard times are upon us. He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. When the persecution comes, remain patient. Keep the faith. And whenever the Lord seeks to take you and I home, uh, we'll have a reward waiting for us. And then all this suffering will be over with. It's short now, my friends. What you're going to do now will determine your reward in heaven. We're all going to be called to give an accounting. What did we do with our talents? What did we do with our financial resources? What did we do with the skills that God has given us? Maybe there's some of you out there who say, hey, brother, I don't have a dime to contribute. Well, then I'll tell you what you can do. Pray. We need prayer. We need spiritual warfare. For Dr. Pat, myself, this program, we need prayer covering. That's what you can do. You could also send links to these shows out to your friends. Get up and start... Um, Spreading the word. Send a, a link out to everybody you know. Tell a couple friends. Get up on Facebook, MySpace, um, however you want to do it. Take these shows. Send them out to people. Copy them. Give them away. Spread the word that uh, you can be delivered. You can be set free. You don't have to lay in bed anymore and be awakened and be raped by incubus and succubus. You don't have to deal with demonized people anymore. You can take authority over them, binding loose in Jesus' name, see your family set free, get restoration for your soul, get your minds back, see victory in your relationship, see your lost loved ones saved in Jesus' name. That's what you can do. So, Father God, I want to thank uh, you for right now for all those that are listening out there. I lift up everyone tonight. I cover everybody in the blood of Jesus. For the believers out there, Father God, I ask that you would loose warrior angels down right now to stand guard over them. I had your protection around them, Father God. I ask that you bless people. Open up the doors for finances, Father God. Speak to tell people and tell them where you would have them to be in this last hour. Speak to them clearly. I break all hexes, vexes, curses, and spells off the people of God. I command them to go back to where they came from, to the demon that sent them sevenfold. I bind all witchcraft attack, all demons that have been sent against the people of God away from them, commanded to go back to the demon that sent it sevenfold. And for those that don't know Christ right now, I bind and cage all your strong men, your foul spirits, 
command him to go into the cage right now, in Jesus' name. God, I ask that you would take the scales off men and women's eyes right now that don't know you and show them your son, Jesus Christ, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, I love you all. Tune in tomorrow night. Scott Lathrop, Prophet Lathrop, will be on at uh, 8 p.m. It's a program you don't want to miss. Check out MiracleInternetChurch.com and uh, support this ministry. And also see you Saturday night, 8 p.m., School of Deliverance. Dr. Pat. Happy birthday, Dr. Pat. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Radio.